0: The Star Wars universe is constantly expanding. But how the heck are you going to keep tabs on it without a holocron? And where in the rim can I score the juiciest news and rumors? Ah,
1: you seek State of the Empire, Consequence of Sound's Star Wars Speculation Podcast, where we
2: look for news in Alderaan places. We dig into the Sarlacc pit of the internet for the hottest intel in the galaxy far, far away. Make Indiana Jones inquiries and keep watch for the latest on Willow.
0: Find us on consequenceofsound.net or wherever you procure fine podcasts. It's the show you're looking for. Consequence
2: Podcast Network.
0: Michael, I've got some people who'd like to meet you. Hello, Michael. My name is Aaron Corey. I've been following your case for years
3: and still know very little about you. I'd like to know more
0: about that night, about
4: those involved. Do you ever think about them, Michael? Feel guilt about their fate? I borrowed
3: something from a friend at the Attorney General's office, Michael.
4: You feel it, don't you, Michael? Feel the marks. Say something, Michael. Say something, Michael. Say
3: something!
5: From the checkered courtyard of Smithgrove Sanitarium to Laurie Strode's Fortress
2: of Solitude in Haddonfield, Illinois,
1: we
5: are Halloweenies!
1: Trick or treat all over again. And welcome once again to another episode of Halloweenies, a Michael Myers podcast from Consequence Podcast Network, a podcast where you'll find us covering one movie from the Michael Myers Halloween franchise every month leading up to, oh wait, we've at long last reached it. We are going to be discussing David Gordon Green's retconning, reimagining, rebooting, re-something of Halloween. This is the episode you've all been waiting for? Probably. I am one of your co-hosts, Justin Gerber, a senior writer at Consequence of Sound. And if you're just joining us, please be sure to check out our first episodes on the first eight Halloween films, as well as a couple bonus episodes I think we have in there as well. But before we get going on all things Halloween, including some Recent news, recent updates, and of course the 2018 film itself. Let's go around the table and we'll, we'll pop on the phone here to see who is joining us for this episode. Who is this to my right?
2: This is Mackenzie Mannequin Gerber. Oh. and a uh, constant contributor. Oh, yeah. You know, I love that movie. Constant contributor to this podcast as well as the Losers Club a Stephen King podcast. Uh, very excited to talk, talk about this film.
3: You.
5: Who are you? <laughs> Accusation. <laughs> Who are you? And this is Michael. I've uh, been in these walls for 40 years. Myers, Roffman, uh, editor-in-chief no. and president of Consequences Sound and also a constant contributor to the Losers Club a Stephen King podcast presented by the po- like <laughs> presented by the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, and that's me. That's you. Who do we
1: have on the on the on the hotline here?
0: Hey, this is Dan David Gordon Green Caffrey uh, <laughs> calling calling so, from Austin because so. he apparently lives here too, and yeah, I can't believe we're here. We're here. we've. Have we? How long has this podcast been around? Have we been around a whole year—the ninth no. month,
5: right? We started February. Yeah, middle of February.
0: <laughs> it feels weird to be here finally. I mean, technically, we we will have a couple more episodes for you guys for the zombie—the zombie the verse. But it feels—it feels like a, a true climax, much like a showdown with Michael Myers uh, to be here at last. So I'm excited to talk about this with you guys.
1: We are in the fourth season essentially. because We started this in the winter. Mm-hmm. What comes after winter, of course, spring. Oh, that's right. And then after the yes. spring, usually in like June 21st, first day of summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then we hit the fall.
2: <laughs>
1: we're breaking down the, hey, the, the, the let's break down the equinox calendar yeah, too. Yeah, while we're at yeah. it, what's everybody's sign
0: here? I'm a Libra. I'm a Leo. Oh,
2: I, I'm a Gemini, but I'm on the cusp, so I'm a, I'm a Cancer
0: Gemini. Uh, oh, how about that? I'm a, I'm a Leo, also like Leo Rossi, oh, a couple of oh,
2: lions, yeah. a couple of lions. Leo
1: Rossi, of course, uh, Bud from Halloween Two, and no joke, one of the co-writers of John Girolta's Gotti film. I'm sorry, Kevin <laughs> Connolly from Entourage's. Wait, hold up
0: for a second. I think Leo Rossi, he was born June 26. Does that make him a Leo as well? Is that Leo makes, a Leo? No. no. That makes
2: him a Gemini like me.
0: Uh, no. That'd be was great in, if
1: he was a Leo though. It would be. He,
0: he was born in the same city as my dad, Trenton, New Jersey.
1: Um, I can about, imagine the dialect. I was born on the streets of Trenton, New Jersey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, mean, the mean streets of a middle-sized city. You know, not it's to fun. go on find a tangent, but
2: there was a moment in I think my junior year of high school that we were, we were possibly going to move to Trenton, New Jersey. That is very true. My father yeah. was going to get a job there. So that would have been. Really we would have met Dan
5: ten years earlier. What What if Leo Rossi was from Haddonfield, New Jersey?
0: Ooh, hey, that's where my uh, that's where my my aunt is from, and where my mom grew up near. So I I went to Haddonfield quite a bit when I was a, a lad. Yeah. They live in Ocean City now. So you know, so Leo Rossi
1: You know what Leo Rossi would probably say if you lived in Haddonfield, like around October thirty first.
0: Welcome to Haddonfield. <laughs> no,
1: he'd say uh, Happy Halloween. <laughs> Love, bud. Anyway, for God's sakes, we're finally here to talk about the new Halloween film. But before, again, we get into the actual criticism, compliments of the film, Mr. Sandman, bring me a tweet.
4: He's gonna get you, he's <laughs> gonna, gonna, gonna get you. The boogeyman is coming. Leave me alone. He doesn't believe us. Don't you know what
0: happens on Halloween. Yeah, we get
5: candy. <laughs> boogeyman, who's the
2: boogeyman? The boogeyman.
5: Well, we're gonna get another Halloween. Yeah, we sure are. We are gonna get another Halloween. Uh, so, J- are
2: you, is this is this gonna be a direct sequel or?
1: They're already working on it.
2: It's a If you were
1: if you were Jason Blum, you'd have to be brain dead to not say we're gonna make a sequel as quickly as
0: yeah. possible. Yeah.
1: You know that's why he got. The rights of to
0: make
5: this franchise, of course.
0: Well, and at the time of this recording, and it's not the weekend's not even over yet. It's made what eighty million already. It's eight times its budget. It made in, in like what a few days. I mean, even if they were going to make a sequel anyway, but if they needed proof or confirmation that they should, I, I think they have it now.
1: I mean, this is the genius of Jason Blum over the last you know for the past decade. Essentially, is you make a real low budget movie with a pretty simple premise. And you just expect people to come to see the movie. And that's what he's been doing so well for the last decade. So now, do you guys you know, attribute, we go again.
2: Do you attribute this big opening weekend to the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis has come back again? Or do you think if this was a Michael Myers movie with David Gordon Green and maybe there was a different lead that this would have done as, as well?
1: I think obviously having Jamie Lee Curtis there is a huge draw, especially for people that maybe are not fans of the entire series. I think that obviously plays a big part. Yeah. But I, you know, I still think this movie would have made if you had a similar marketing campaign, just without Jamie Lee Curtis. But you're saying Michael Myers is back. It's a Halloween movie. Blumhouse is behind it. I still think this movie is a huge hit. I don't know if it's going to make 80 million, but it would still make 50, 60 million. I do. I'm pretty confident in the brand at least at this point.
5: And
0: I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the last three Halloween movies we got were Resurrection and and the zombie films, which are so polarizing. You know, yeah, 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 I I think. Yeah, I think just the now we'll we'll get into whether we think it's an actual return to form or not. But yeah, I think this idea of oh, it's back to basics. Um, we're going back to the Jamie Lee Curtis universe. Yeah, I think I think that would probably be a- uh, appealing in itself.
3: Yeah.
5: Well, basically, work has already begun on it. Mm. Uh, bloody disgusting. I actually, uh, confirmed the news a couple of weeks ago when it was like right after Jason Blum was already saying like, yeah, 100, we're going to make new. You know, we're going to make new yeah. Halloween movies, and all you have to do is just go. Oh yeah, this is tracking to make sixty-five million dollars on the opening weekend. Of course, Obviously, we just make- talked about it. It's going to make eighty million, which I believe is what uh, Halloween H2O made in its whole run. So it's already made mm-hmm. all of what H2O made in you know in its entire run in less than. Well, have yeah, yes, you know, some inflation too. Yeah, some inflation, and um, there's definitely some more excitement. I would. I don't know what we can debate about that later on, but they are already working on it. But here's the thing. According to their sources, uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green
0: won't be involved.
2: That doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. Why is that? Because I thought they had like sequel ideas. I I, I mean, they're. Well, I don't think there's any bad blood, right? Or they, no, they, they no, hear? they
1: were originally going to do these. They wanted to shoot the uh, two movies back to back. Remember that we talked about that news. I think a couple months ago. But they decided to, you know, to, to be sure this was a hit first well, before they wasted money and nobody yeah, cared. Yeah,
2: so I think what happened in that sense is that maybe they condensed a lot of their ideas for both movies into one good movie, just making sure it's just solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and whether like or not the- they take the idea to the next level. Who knows? But it's David Gordon Green. I I'm glad that he's not doing another one because I I want to see him do a different movie. You know what I mean? I want to see. Yeah. this. It's not like you know Ryan Coogler is doing another Black Panther movie. I think, right? Yes, he, yes. Does. he is. Yeah. Which you know that's fine. But I would have liked to see a different. You know, I would have liked to see him continue in making movies. Oh, that, me uh, too. You know, uh, one hundred trillion percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. One trillion. Percent. He's a great director. Not so. interested in another
5: Black Panther, Black Panther movie yeah, too. I'm good with him. the first one. So, We're good. You know. We'll um, see what happens. But yeah. Either way, with with this is that. It's interesting because if you go back to his original comments, Jason Blum's in the the interview we had, I believe, it was with, with Rolling Stone or Entertainment Weekly. He talks about like how, oh yeah, we pump up all these movies all the time, you know, like with The Purge and Insidious and Paranormal Activity. He basically discusses everything that we've been talking about for the past seven or eight months on this podcast, and just that, of course, he was going to make this a franchise. Like w- this was never going to be a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. So, by all means this could be out by next year again. What's well, fascinating? It's
0: it's funny to me and I, this once we get into the movie, I think so many of my gripes with it come around the context and the framing of the movie because the whole thing right was, oh, we're going back to basics blah blah blah, but it's like, okay, we're ignoring all these sequels so we can go back to basics. And churn out a bunch more sequels. Yeah. Do you know? It, it, it feels so it's, cynical to me. I, I don't know. It it's, is. It's uh, you know,
1: they're it. trying to make this, is. you know, we'll get into the, again, we we'll really start to dissect it, but, uh, you know, I'm going to hold off on some of these questions I yeah. have about yeah,
2: this. Yeah, I think, I mean, the main I'm point is tongue. they're making sequels. We knew this. Yeah. Um, so, what is there? Was there any other news, Mike?
5: Yeah. So, we also have, um, there's, I mean, there have been a lot of interviews that have been right, coming out right. over the past, you know, week or two, but, uh, one of the other ones that was on Bloody Disgusting was that um, Malika Cad, kind of really, you know, producer Malika Cad, mm-hmm. son of uh, Mustafa. Yeah. Um, or Mustafa. Is it Mustafa? Mustafa. or Mustafa. 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 Okay. Well, like a- I like both. Mustafa is from The Lion King. I love that, and I'm actually really excited for it. John is The Lion King
0: coming mm. to the theaters next year. Danny Glover. Amen. Hey, I love The Jungle Book. I thought it was great. My favorite live action Disney remake. I'm excited for this one too.
1: Side, yes, side yes, note. I thought the, the Jungle Book was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, that's yeah, me a, too. But, but
5: then we're all in agreement. We're going to be doing a John Favreau pod.
1: I thought. Uh, let's do it. We'll do. We'll talk. We'll do. Made <laughs> Zathura. Mm-hmm.
2: Zathura is good too.
1: Uh, Iron Man one, Iron Man three. Would you count I'm Swingers in there? Even though you know, because he wrote it, he wrote it. That to me is a Doug Lyman joint. I still a get Doug Doug Lyman Lyman, joint. A Doug Lyman joint. So we'll do that. We'll do Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So we'll be
5: good. That's a that's a Doug Lyman cocktail for me Ooh. to keep in line with all the, the themes
2: in that movie.
1: How about a Doug uh, Diet Coke lime mine? Wow.
3: <laughs> what
2: a reach.
5: Anyway, as we know, this week's Halloween, direct sequel to John Carpenter's original. Great yeah. idea. Uh, how they uh, you know, they managed to execute that idea, we'll talk about in this episode. However, it took a while for Malka Cad to get to that idea. Mm-hmm. As we know, uh, Rob Zombie made two um, films that we'll be talking about in November and December. Actually, we're really excited to do that now. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to do that now. But there was apparently, at one point, before the Rob Zombie remake, there was a script for a Halloween 9 mm. that would have taken uh, place after a Halloween resurrection. Well. And somehow address of the man in black that was uh t- talked about and shown talked about it. it was actually shown and then basically shoehorned into halloween five and then obviously it became a huge presence in halloween six but they were going to follow up with that wow
2: they said they were going to follow the six storyline
5: he said yeah he said we were actually working on a part nine we had everything from the man in black to the niece the sister and we started having to answer so many different storylines That takes quite a writer to try and address all of those. But we were trying. We had a couple of drafts of a Halloween 9. And then when, um, you know, Mustafa, his father, and um, his daughter uh, were killed in the bombing in Jordan, Mm -hmm. it changed the whole thing. Um, And Malik says, that's when the, the tragic accident happened and we lost my father. At that point, it took me quite a while to get back to my senses. Once I did, I really felt that it was time to stop. Those are the first eight films. If there are going to be any more... Those will be his era, if you will. Let's start anew. Let's start something big and fresh and strong and really go out. That's where the Rob Zombie film comes. I know Rob Zombie's films. Like every single one of these films, they've got their diehard fans and their detractors. That's one of the beauties of the horror films, that you, people could just love to debate and talk about them and discuss them. We did the Rob Zombie era, if you will. We did two two films with Rob in which we didn't really know we were going to do two. We never considered doing part, uh, We never considered doing three. So after the, two of those, I didn't really see any other director continuing in Rob's voice a part three and using those characters that he had set up. So... Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, well, he, well, he and is, he goes, he keeps talking. I mean, the, 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 this whole chat, like, thing, I mean, this basically is, like, goes right into, like, the production for, for Smith's Grove. So we could actually well, this- technically just go into it if we wanted to. Sure. You know? it feels Let's, like these. it feels like this headline this is uh you know this never really happened to us before because we're so in the moment yeah of course. but uh we're finding more details about the production history in the news so it's, it's like coming out. what is this is this the news or is it the smith's
1: grove archives well i don't know well i'll make a bold decision and say it's time to open up the smith's grove archives <laughs> are you all right
3: you're all right
4: yes, I'm okay. he's gone he's gone from here the evil is gone
2: I got it.
3: Continue.
5: Okay, so then Malik <laughs> continues. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Seamlessly.
1: As she, seamless as the the uh, transition from Halloween to Halloween 2. Well, it's, it's it's exactly. Yeah, let's put on some uh, Mr.
5: Sandman. Hey. So he said immediately after Rob Zombies 2, we were in production again, and then that one stopped. So that was impossible to get into production. There were a couple other starts and stops. So then he goes and talks about all these lost Halloween movies that never made it after oh, wow. Zombies. So we talked about here. We had several different scripts and some really good filmmakers. CAD said, Patrick Lucier and Todd Farmer were on the first start, which at the time was actually called Halloween 3D. I love Patrick and Todd. I think they're great filmmakers, and that was that moment where 3D was making its resurgence. So I do think that would have been a really great
1: movie. I want to say real quick, Mike, that those two guys are responsible for the My Bloody Valentine 3D, yeah, and Drive Angry 3D, yeah, with. Um, Nick Cage.
2: Well I thought yeah. that was very, And William Fickner. I thought that was really fun movies. I think it w you know, I would have I would have been down for a, a Halloween three D. Uh really? I don't
0: know. I read were they the ones who wrote the script, uh, the death row script? Was that them? Mm. Maybe not. That no, that's maybe... coming up. Okay. The next she one has, been, is okay, yeah. okay, He goes
5: th- then he goes, um Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton. I really enjoyed working with them. These kind of filmmakers, I wish we could have gotten uh, that going. Ah. These kinds of filmmakers, I wish we could have gotten that going. Those sake, if nothing else. I don't know what that means. Um, cad would not share some of the bad pitches he received over the years. He's saving those for himself. In fact, it's not the good ideas that we passed on. It's some of the rather bad ones. I've heard so many bad pitches of where to take Michael Myers and what to do with Michael Myers. They're actually, in retrospect, very funny. I sometimes joke I should just write a book about all the bad Michael Myers pitches I've gotten. I would love to read that. actually. The Absolute absurd to What the Fuck. What are you talking about? It's the more bad ones that come my way that we laugh about now, but it's more the filmmakers that I regret we didn't get to work with. So clearly, there was a long journey to... David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's Halloween. And you know it because we've literally spent eight <laughs> months talking about all the entries that led up to this. But that seems to catch us up that little interview that he did, Malika Cad did with uh, Bloody Disgusting again. This mm-hmm. is the Bloody, sponsored by Bloody Disgusting. <laughs> um, but it's that seems to catch us up a little bit on just how we got to, you know, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, who clearly had a right, the right pitch. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, managed to turn some heads. I think they also managed to have the—they were probably the highest-profile people. Yeah. To pitch, because I think Malik randomly just reached out to him and said, "No joke." I think he said something just along the lines, "Hey, would you be interested in Halloween?" Well, and I, th- I think he did. we wrote back, "Like, yeah, absolutely." Well, it definitely helped that
5: Dimension Films um, lost the rights to the Halloween franchise because yeah. then Blumhouse was able to kind of, or Blumhouse was able to like scoop them up. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to say, you know, we joke around a lot about Jason Blum, but he does attract at the, at this point some high caliber people. Oh, definitely, you I know. Mean,
1: look look no further than Get Out last I year. I know. He, what I like about Blum um is that he will do something like a Get Out, a big profile movie like a Get mm-hmm. Out or a uh, this is a big profile movie Halloween. Mm-hmm. But then he will take risks with new filmmakers for really cheap budgets and really make it a big profile movie, though, you know what I mean. Even if a movie ends up being something like uh, Truth or Dare, you know, which by all accounts sucks, that you, you normally wouldn't see that movie these days. No. So he really has been responsible for bringing back a lot of mainstream, uncomplicated horror, in addition to the big theme horror that you, you'll see something like a Get Out. And he was on
5: Bill Simmons, uh, you know, last year and talked about how oh, created, important yeah. it was. Yeah to get John Carpenter involved in mm-hmm. this project. Um, now, I mean, I don't know how much of an influence. I mean, John Carpenter is basically my favorite part of this movie. Spoiler. But I, I I do wonder, and I don't think we'll ever really know per se, how much influence he actually had on this movie other than just the minor little bits. Like apparently they wanted to reshoot the ending of uh, – That's something that he
1: said. That was the major thing he said he spoke out against. The original ending for Halloween – they wanted to
5: do that for the beginning, and he
1: was like, no. You they know? wanted to have, I think, Myers uh, uh, kill Loomis at the top of the steps, essentially. <laughs> you're, like, you're literally seeing a whole retconning happen. Oh, and, wait,
0: kill Loomis? Yeah, I didn't hear yeah, about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and
1: that. that was the thing he said. Just do your own thing. Don't worry about it. And, and, and I think that was absolutely
0: the right move. So, wait, absolutely what would have right. happened? That, he would have he shot him, and then Michael would have... I guess killed Loomis and then collapsed or something and gotten apprehended. That's crazy to me. Yeah.
1: like just, just you, you know, dismiss all the movies. That's fine. But just Leave that don't worry about attack, re because yeah. now, now you're retconning a classic as opposed to retconning mm-hmm. movies well, that maybe you can retcon.
0: Because I think, I, and I, I will say, I think by doing it the way they did do it, the ending of Halloween still works. The original Halloween still works narratively. If not, themat- I, I do think a lot is lost thematically by the fact that Michael, isn't still out there he's apprehended but like narratively you could buy that okay he got shot off the balcony he disappeared and they caught him down the block or something like that you know yeah. um and the, the one cool thing about because they started to build the set for the the um recreating that final scene and yeah. although they or although they didn't do it they did use the set in the the showdown of of halloween so the, the mannequin room is an exact replica of the bedroom from the end of the original Halloween, like the closet and everything else, which is which is kind of cool. I think.
1: Kind of weird though that it's not the same house. So <laughs> yeah,
0: it's kind. Of, well, then you wonder it's like, like a weird she, e-
1: Easter egg or something. I don't did, know.
0: did she like? Did she build the room to to simulate it for training? Who who knows? Yeah, who the hell knows? Maybe she wanted. To well, listen. Michael since
1: we are in the Smiths of Archives, we need to talk about not just the people who were involved leading up to the production, but we're, let's start talking about the movie itself. Let's start talking about. The co-screenwriters, Danny McBride, of course from Eastbound Down, Vice funny Christmas man, fame. Danny McBride, hilarious. We do love Danny McBride ultimately, and David Gordon Green co-wrote this. And Jeff was the third guy's name who actually had the top billing for the screenwriters. I don't know if you noticed that he yeah, had the top billing. It was like it was like his name. uh um, oh, Jeff Fradley. Jeff. It was Jeff Radley, <laughs> uh David Gordon Green, and Danny McBride. I Nobody ever talks Jeff, about this Jeff uh, Fradley guy.
0: I kept thinking Jeff Feehy. <laughs> Oh, like I hilarious. wish. But yeah. Jeff
1: Bradley was also a writer on like, Vice Principles. Yeah, they, and he did like
5: Your Highness, yeah. uh, that classic. Um, the best we have. So clearly in the family. In the family. In the David Gordon Green family. In the fam.
1: In the fam. In the, in the, in the Gordon Green ensemble. In the ensemble, yeah. All uh, right, so let's talk – I want to talk about the – there's so much to unpack here. This is, this is so rare for us because, yeah. you know, let's pat ourselves in the back, but we do consider ourselves experts – on the earlier films, you know, we've lived with these movies for decades. We've talked oh, about yeah. amongst ourselves ad nauseum. But this is literally, the listeners are hearing this from the first time For me. I have not discussed my feelings at all with Mike, Mac, or Dan. Yeah, um, Dan's seen this a few weeks ago. Mike and Mac saw this a couple of days ago, but I literally just saw it last night. And so it's going to be fresh for everybody. Which means that I he liked no it because, either. uh, <laughs> yeah. Because whenever
5: this happens, it, it's, it's, it's whatever is the contrary opinion. And I, I, I'm very interested to see where this is going, but I have my, uh, I have my predictions. All right. So, so you should speak. write this,
1: everybody write this down how many, how many Jack Lance you think I'm going to give it. And oh, we'll, yeah. That's, and then, I like that. So Dan, you write down on your end. Mike and Mac, you write down your end and we'll see if you're right.
2: Yeah. I don't need to write down. All there. right. All right.
1: Yeah. Okay. So if you got that written down, okay. Good. Um, I think the first half is pretty good at least from a total standpoint, it seems like it's it's on it's on track to go somewhere. It's hard to explain how this I is feel where about this. but the second half i feel i felt like I was watching five different movies. I agree with that
0: part,
5: yeah for me, I don't think this film ever finds its footing yeah. I don't think even from the beginning. I, I the more I think about it, you know, I just went to Sacramento. Oh, I went to uh, where all Carrie Tate uh, was uh, was uh, out and about. Little known fact: Sacramento so, is actually the the capital of California. It is the capital of California. I don't know how far it was from the fictional Hollywood, the fictional Summer Glen, but it sure as hell felt like I was uh, yeah. in H two O at the time, which was a very fun place for me to meditate on this film for three days. And the more I thought about it. It. I just I don't think that there's ever any moment in this in the film that I, I felt like at ease or at comfortable, you know, just comfortable with what was going on, mm. you know, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the cold open, which I don't know why I had a cold open when it could have literally just gone right into the credits, which even that didn't work for me because the yeah. CGI pumpkin looked like something from like PlayStation 2 or something. It Ooh. just looked awful. Never I played PlayStation 2. But it's just like glossy <laughs> graphics that just look so cheap and lame to me. Uh, but for me, I, I just maybe you're the same in the same boat as me because I, I felt like you were kind of squirming a little bit in the beginning. too <laughs> with like when he's screaming at the the mental patients well, and it's just feel, it felt just so we, like over the top. I've got
2: a lot of stuff to talk about when we get to Buzz and Bob's on that character as well as the other one uh, the, of the pod of the pod people, as I call them. Uh you know, I, I, I felt the same way. I did feel that the first half was. I mean, if we're talking broadly, I did feel that the first half was stronger than the second half. I didn't think that it ever really found its footing. I think even in the first half, it felt like we were there were three different movies, mm-hmm. all of which could have maybe been good if yeah. they had focused on one yeah. of those storylines. Yeah. Because I didn't. I wasn't like even the podcast storyline that I was. I've been against since the since the beginning of the Dawn of Time. I still think had the movie just been about those characters and followed maybe more or something like that still would have been more interesting and solid I think than what 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 came together
5: I my my problem with it started there are two scenes in the first half that that really got me uh, one in the a,
1: a positive way or a negative way in a
5: negative way. okay uh, one was I was fine with the podcasters coming in and doing their bullshit thing. It's a modern and, thing, and getting their that. the mask from sure. a DA, which makes no fucking sense. But
1: um, you know, yeah, the, wait, you the, know, what, sorry, as podcasters, uh, how, where are these people finding the resources and the money yeah, to do this? It's if they're two solo people? Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Mike. The Attorney general.
5: Yeah. and also you know the doctors allowing, um, you know, him to just this patient that is you know considered one of their well well maybe yeah yeah, exactly but but yeah Yeah. yeah. and that's my that's my first point is when you're introduced to a character that wouldn't even work on like Law and order dr sartan or sartain or whatever the fuck his name is uh played by Haluk Bilgner but once that sequence happened and you were like well you know, I'm I'm Loomis's successor and whatnot. I was like, oh no, like this movie is just so indebted to the past that it's never gonna be its own thing, and it just continued to do that for me every scene following. And it felt like it was always standing on ceremony. Up and in the yeah. the moment that it really felt that way, and Matt can attest to this, in which I I, I like literally had a like almost a conniption fit in my seat, is when. You have him go to the trunk of this car to pick up his mask, and they slow mo, like, put it, him putting it on with this Michael Bayesque sunlight beaming down on him. I'm just like, what fucking movie are we like, watching? Is this
1: Blumhouse or is this Platinum Dunes? That's what
5: I thought. Like, I, I, I was just kind of baffled based on everything I had seen up to this point. Uh, you know, up to this point, sure, I had my hesitations, but I didn't realize it was going to be this bad at no. that point. And at that point, it was in the, in the first half, I was just like, like so, Tobias, Jeff. Like, so you didn't love it.
2: Oh, I like did not love
5: it. That <laughs> well, just, even that, like, that's no spoiler, even, sorry. You know,
1: I didn't even mind the extreme violence you, you would see, the af- like the aftermath, of, which we've seen pictures of before, like at the at the garage and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That, the, the extreme violence didn't bother me there because... No, I didn't There's a couple either, directorial but... flourishes I did like, though, where he's walking around, and just for a brief moment, I mean, maybe a second or two in the background, out of focus, you see Meyer's arm going up and down, killing the yeah, guy. Yeah, I like that. that yeah. like, those... Once That's again, the worked. things that work best for me, which are the things that work best for me from the original film, is it's the subtlety. Like you yeah. see there are occasionally moments where you see Michael again, once again, out of focus in the background behind sheets or out of focus in the background. We're not focusing him at all. It's he's always but scarier that, on the on the precipice of being around, you know?
0: But then that does go away. And I and I'm in it your does. Camp Justin. I, I and I went back and saw it again. Um and I actually enjoyed it the second time a lot more because I probably just because I knew what I was getting into. My, um, and we'll, we'll get to individual characters and ratings and all that stuff later. But for me, the, the the movie's biggest fault is it's exactly what you said. For a while, they are kind of putting him on the precipice, like that gas station sequence I really loved, mm-hmm. where we're just seeing him walk casually in the background. That's spooky to me. And then I feel like once he gets to Mask and yes. once he gets to Haddonfield, everything just goes into like fast motion. It's just like, yeah, hill, 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 it's, yeah, hill. like he even was,
5: walks too fast. But you like, said it's sped up. Places.
0: Like he, he's not, and he's not stalking people, and, and I get that there's kind of a manhunt for him, so he probably wouldn't have, he wouldn't be able to take his time. But he does, yeah. he's just literally like stepping out of places and killing people. Even that um, closet sequence, which was so good in the trailer, for whatever reason, they used a different angle on it, so it's just very almost like nonchalant, you know. And it, well, it, um, a couple things
1: yeah. there, Dan, to, to, to bounce off that is, we're talking about the script and the direction and the pacing. That closet sequence even watching it even having seen the trailer a million times it's still is pretty effective to me mm-hmm. but then it gets absolutely undercut by the kids screaming yes. oh shit and then the whole yep. audience laughs yes uh, exactly
3: I liked I liked the kid no no I, I like no, the but... kid
1: up to that point I actually liked the interplay between him and the babysitter downstairs yeah, that was fun yeah. and
3: natural yeah. but
1: you, now we're getting to the point where you're, you're undercutting the horror and I feel like I'm watching a nightmare 100% agree movie.
5: and that, and that's where that, that was the moment where I realized this is why you can't get comedy writers to, to write a big, huge fucking horror movie first for firsthand yeah. because it just you don't know the tone that the, the tonal differences there are were so substantial. It was like, wait, you've just built up for the past 15 minutes this relationship between the babysitter and this kid. Yeah. And she's literally being bludgeoned. And we're Never as laughing. an audience. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Are we supposed to care or are we supposed to laugh at what the kid's doing. At that point, you needed to pivot and they didn't pivot. And and they and I I don't ever really feel like they they did kind of pivot back. No. I felt like it was just co- comedic at that point where they were almost like tongue in cheek going from then on out. It, it almost felt like a South Park episode from that point on, where it just got so over the top from one scene after another. From the what happens with the you know Doctor Sartain to mm-hmm. whatever you know what even with the stuff that happens with the boyfriend. I mean, it just like. The motorcycle. And then the motorcycle stuff. It just was so like, what is going on? Like, where's your focus anymore? I feel like
1: the motorcycle thing was supposed to be, I guess, a bit of misdirection. Because, you know, I think he says something like, wow, or something like that. And then you cut back to him on the motorcycle. And now we're doing bits on the motorcycle. Yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead,
0: One, I was going to say a thing, too. And once again, I do want to, there's something to be said. Because I don't know. There's something to be said that for after the first time I saw it even given all my issues with it, I did want to see it again. I think that's just the Halloween fan in me, you know, and like it it, it, it weirdly did press some fan buttons that I enjoyed. But the downside of that, and th- this is what I was kind of getting at before mm-hmm. uh, when we were talking, and uh, um, uh, Mr. Sandman brought me a tweet, is that I don't understand why you write off all these other movies only to essentially do like a greatest hits of all yes. these other movies yeah, from Mrs. Elrod 100%. To honestly, even to Rob Zombie, the way he like stomps the doctor's head, yes. that's yeah. to, to the two idiot cops, which maybe that wasn't supposed to be a Halloween 5 homage, but it, it may as well have been. And so, it t- I, I almost would have rather there have been it's not that I mind, minded the fan nods or the, or the nods to these other films. When I thought about it the second time, I'm like, they really are kind of cherry picking the best parts of, of some of these other movies and and putting them in there and it, it it just made the whole thing feel and once again this has more to do with context and how the filmmakers and Jamie Lee Curtis and whoever else are presenting it it just made it feel a little gross to be like oh yeah these other movies suck and we're where i feel like this movie's being pre- positioned almost like a prestige horror movie or something and then it's like this really for me it's not as good as H2O it's not as good no. as Halloween 2 the 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 80s one um so it's weird to me to like kind of insult these other movies, then borrow from them, then act like it's a superior product yeah. when I don't yeah. think it is. And this has come from someone who actually kind of liked the movie. I mean, I, I liked it; I didn't love it. So that 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 to me just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But by, by no, the end of it,
2: I absolutely agree. And that was my issue watching the movie. There were just so many nods to these movies that they're supposed to be ignoring mm-hmm. and doing their own thing with it. I mean, like you said, the Miss Elrod thing, and then there was so there was so much horror that. Like the tone was all over the place. Like there would be all of these these good moments where you see kind of see Michael in the background maybe doing something. You don't see it, but you see the aftermath. I thought that was that worked. Even as violent as the deaths looked. Yeah. But then they would show him stomping on someone's head. So it was like like those deaths were <laughs> yeah, exactly. all over the place. And and then we're supposed I know that they were trying to get bring Michael back down to like, oh well Michael's just a human being. But I didn't buy that at all. No. I mean he gets shot in the shoulder, but he's still wandering around like totally normal the rest of the movie. He is able has the power to stomp someone's head all the way through. He, I mean he's doing I Jason Voorhees esque stuff Absolutely. where he's and going the, through the, the walls and opening, like the entire first half of the movie with the podcast people, they're like they're obsessed with the idea that that Michael is more than a man and that he's that he does embody evil. And they're trying to figure that out. I never understood the podcast uh the point of the podcast because the one guy seemed just hell bent on on infuriating and kind of trying to get some kind of reaction out of Michael. So much so by pulling the mask out and yelling at him. Yeah. In front of the doctor, in front of her friend, uh, in front of his friend, who who is trying to seemingly seemingly humanize him when she's yeah. talking to Lori and she like like he didn't deserve to be in jail for forty years, but he, she was okay with him inciting the, trying to get a reaction and anger evil it just doesn't make sense well there's
1: the the is all over the place because the other thing about um, what Carpenter's always said about the sequels was he always saw Michael as his force of nature mm-hmm. you know so that would make me feel like he doesn't see him necessarily as a human being but in this movie honestly thinking about all the sequels he seems more human than ever so he's not just a force of evil he's not just a force of nature which to me is not that interesting. Now we're just dealing with some crazy guy, and I don't know.
5: Well, it all goes back to the the decision to put him in jail, which I guess yeah. the whole conceit of that was that so we could have Laurie be the more paranoid quack, because you know I guess it would be harder to really doubt her or to to you know to maybe like assuade her that things are going to be okay if he was still kind of randomly out there. So that's why they felt maybe compelled to have him put in the jail. But here's my thing, and I imagine this is something that's probably infuriating Jason Blum at this point where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do for a sequel, is that you've just lit- like – we've talked about it so many times on this ep- on this podcast, but they've, they've literally destroyed 40 years' worth of stories that you could possibly have Saying in addition yeah. to overcomplicating this story. Oh, yeah. The fact that he's in jail, that you have to have another Loomis. Do you have to have all this mythology of just knowing that he's – been sitting there and doing basically beat for beat the same thing that they did with Halloween uh, the original one where he's just been sitting there for 15 years it it just it's I think that when we found that out you know months ago and that he was in jail and he just wasn't out there and you know in in the the middle of nowhere and hadn't, hadn't been seen before ever again I think that's ultimately what really killed this movie because you I can't agree. you can't just you can't have a framing device that's that you've destroyed him as a, as what Michael Myers is at the end of Halloween. And to your point Justin, that is true. That is what Carpenter insinuated at the end of that movie is that whatever michael myers was at that point no it's he's just there now he's everywhere he's behind you he's mm-hmm. he's around the corner he's in the shadows it doesn't matter the fact is you know what the boogeyman is and the boogeyman is always going to be following you this movie takes that all away yeah. but then wants to try to gain that again which makes no sense to me it just it's it's it's
1: just useless it, it dismisses all the the quote unquote faults of the other nine sequels or remakes and then just embraces it You know it what? Again? You know what
5: it's like. You know it's like. It, you know, it's like weird. it's, like, it, it's <laughs> like if there was this slovenly type of person who went up to a buffet, and he's like, "Oh my god, look at all this food here! Look, I could put all these things." And then, like, was like, "No, I don't. I don't really want to eat at this buffet." But then went to a restaurant and just ordered like thirty different things, and just did the <laughs> yeah.
3: same fucking thing. Well,
5: like, I, wait, yeah, what? Like, what are you doing? Yeah,
2: okay. And my other you know, big issue with this was if there if they're totally ignoring the sequel, then why do they kill him in almost exactly the same way? I know. It's like, yes, why yes. would you I'm do, just like, enthusiastically yeah, agreeing yeah, like <laughs> that really, really annoyed me. I mean, down from like turning on all of the gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, it yeah. was like, so you're saying this movie didn't exist, but you're basically, you're basically going out the same exact way. Why are we supposed to believe that? It was just well, here, I have a question so for the, for the
5: group. I have a question for you, okay. and each one of you go around and, sh- and answer this: What was the most original thing in this movie?
2: See, we all have to struggle. We all have this. We, yeah. we can't even just rattle it off. <laughs> I think the <sighs> most, the most original thing. Um, Oh, oh 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 the um, <laughs> i'm really like no no because no, there are a couple no. of things i wanted to say but i was like no we, that's we actually kind of like before, this before mike was the was um, the, the light the motion sensor the motion sensor sequence, things which yes. you already negated which doesn't really work because if he's moving around the light would just stay on so anyway. i think there was
1: a sinuating that he is there is something otherworldly about him where he's just that methodical where he can evade that type of a a thing i didn't i didn't i actually thought that was still good it's a cool scene we're supposed
2: to believe that he even knows how motion sensor lights work if he's been in a hospital for 40 years i mean he heard them talk out there oh god (laughs) i mean she literally says if
1: you move that the lights turn on i
2: know but it just that was thinking that, that he's really if he's thinking that hard and you know, that I, cognizant. I will say if we
1: start, God, if we start breaking it down like that, that's like that. That's like an argument. The Halloween know, doesn't work because Jamie saying, doesn't pick up the knife or something like that. You know?
2: I'm just saying that that was an original. It F- was original. S- I agree. Yes. I would say that. That's yeah, the the that would be my choice to mind too. Mind right away, Justin.
1: Um, I wanted to say that we'll talk about the Doctor stuff a lot later, but that's actually kind of looks like Doctor so We Dr. can't just really say that. Um, the tracking shot,
5: maybe. But you I know
1: what sucks about what they did in the movie. Is that instead of making a, a true tracking shot? From what I remember, maybe I'm misremembering. So again, this There are breaks. Was, Aren't there was, breaks was of them going yeah, back and forth are. to another to dialogue from other people? Like, why don't you just make that goddamn three minute no or just even? I know there's a couple cuts within the sequence itself, like a different angle will pop up for every once in a while, but keep like the time going in that in that fashion, as opposed to having to feel the, the need to jump back to somebody else talking. It felt like that also screamed to. The horror movie fan sensibility for 2018, where you cannot just sit there and watch a sequence unfold without without having to break the tension or have somebody talk for a minute, mm-hmm. like like it was too much to wish for for it just to be a, a, like a three minute unbroken scene with no well, dialogue. It's too much to and ask even, for. Even
0: even the tracking shot though, that's still similar to that exact same scene in Halloween Two. I agree. I mean, it's yeah. literally the same scene. He goes to what's supposed to be Mrs. Elrod. she has curls yeah. and ham. And in that scene too, it's not a, it's not, or in the original Halloween 2, it's not a, a true track like single take, but it's yeah. close. And then the woman who's on the phone that he kills afterwards, she's literally saying Sally, uh, she's just talking to a friend named Sally, which is the same how yeah. Hall- part two. Well, I, I just, think it's just a, yeah. There are of, like,
1: there are only maybe if you took out like the the cutting back and forth between other people talking, like maybe three cuts though, because you are still following yeah, Michael. That's true, that's true. And even if it leaves Michael, the camera sits there in front of the house, and he's walking around the house, and he pops up and slits or stabs a woman through the throat, you know?
3: But, but here's, so here's- there's
1: still a sense of we're just following him for a couple minutes straight here, as opposed to the Halloween 2, which I still... I like the, I love the sequence with Mrs. Elrod and even the reshoot with the, the next door neighbor. But there's a lot of different cutting going around for the scene, you know. But here's the difference.
5: Yeah. So, and I thought about this a lot in the past three days. Is that it reminded me, you know, of the Matthew McConaughey one shot sequence that was in True Detective. Yeah. But here's the difference between those two shots. Well, one is it's uh, really it's one shot. Really, it's <laughs> one's really one shot. Yeah. And the other one's not. But at the same time, one doesn't act as if it's going to be just this one crazy epic uh, long tracking shot. And this one just absolutely just is like, look what we're doing. You know, like it just felt, again, it's like it, it, this movie never once feels natural to me, which is so astounding to me because that's what I thought this movie was going to have more than anything, given his pedigree as a director. And even this sequence, which is, you know, very interesting and cool. And we I liked it in the trailer it just seems as if it's so ready-made. Like, like this is what we're... Built. Like, like yes, this is what you want. You want him killing, and this is what you're going to get. And, you know, d- don't you love this? Like, look what we're doing. Like, we're following him the whole time. It's wild. Like, it just felt so, like, ostentatious in a way um, that see, that I tracking disagree. shot I, I was. actually...
1: I still think that's, like, the best part of the movie for me. It's just that... Yeah, if you stand uh, just, it alone, just, but I don't think, I don't think it matches going... the rest of the movie, though, to me.
5: Like, well, I, it stands
1: I, I, out, because I think it's just... It, I wish they had just gone for more of that. God, well, well, dear God, Jesus Christ, forgive me for saying this. I wish they had gone for more of the auteur dri- driven direction like that. You know, well, I, I, Where I it's do too. But a real too, sense but, of like aesthetic and work like procedure, like go, I, I really can appreciate that as opposed to just, I don't know. I, I don't I know. I wouldn't explain, even go
5: back to. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that even like music wise ruins that scene because you go back to the trailer and it's like a silent sequence, which is amazing. Agreed. And then, and then this yeah. one—it's like it all the—it's the like the—it's the, theme, it's the think, most right? epic parts of the Halloween theme, and it just feels so like, it, it just almost feels like I'm in like how watching like a walk walk through of a Halloween horror like night. You said, it, like you yeah. it's, haunted a, it's like very ceremonial and
2: yeah, very, and. And that's what I thought. That scene really worked in the trailer because it—it yeah. it is. It, I'm pretty sure it's like a silent sequence. You the hear the like just footsteps,
1: hell. children laughing yeah. in the background, yeah. rustling of leaves. But it's like, they and have, they don't, and they're, and they're not cutting to other people talking. No, and I a, think that's a scene where Jamie, Lee, where Laurie's talking to the sheriff as
0: well, or something like that. Yeah, and remember. in a now, movie, you hear the, the theme over it too. I think, I think yeah. you hear the Halloween theme over in the in the theatrical cut. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. and in a movie that the of all movies don't need to remind you that it's Halloween, they seem like they they want to throw that theme in there all the time yeah and as excited as i was about john carpenter coming back in to do this i didn't think that there were a ton of like other themes or maybe i just we'll we'll save that for the wknb well well, then yeah should we just move into our categories no not quite yet because there's something else we need to ask dan dan what did you think was original oh yeah
0: I, I know. Uh, I know people are going to hate this answer, and I actually did like this part of the movie, um, just because I felt like it got the pacing right. But I think the podcasters were actually. I mean, I, I know it kind of. Re- we're going to look back on this and be like, "Oh man, that's so 2018." But we hadn't really had. We hadn't had anyone investigating. I don't think, at least in the movies, um, Michael Myers or Halloween in, in an investigative capacity. In the comics, there are. There's like a photographer and a yeah. reporter after him. But in the movies, we hadn't really seen that, and, and I. It was funny because uh, my wife Susan, she saw it when when I saw it the second time. She was like, "You could literally just cut the podcast. You could like cut out that whole subplot and just have start with the bus crash." I feel like, and she's probably right, but yeah. I did like the pacing of the, of the the podcast sections. Like, I I feel like they at least got that right. And and the, my favorite sequence was the gas station sequence. So um, that felt new to me. I, I think because yeah, everything else I, I keep thinking of, I'm like. I, like I said, even, even the head stomp, I'm like, well, that's zombie. Uh, that's Rob Zombie. The doctor, that's, for, that's part six. Uh, the cops, that's part five. Half of the movie is part two. The ending is kind of, kind of part two. Um, and the thing that really bugs me, I, I kept thinking about this because I think it was Mac, you said that how the, the climax is, is so similar to part two. It's kind of like at the end of the original part two, we have a really high body count. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gets away. Michael Myers is on fire and he may or may not be dead. And what are we left with at the end of this movie? It's yeah, literally okay. the exact same thing. Yeah, you have the thematic point of uh, okay, the, the women get away and they they are they have like triumphed, and I like that. But I, I don't I don't think that um, that still gets overshadowed by the uh, from the fact that oh wait, this is kind of the exact same ending as as Halloween too. So yeah, there's oh. something
1: else I need to say. It's something I didn't even think about until this morning, and we haven't really thought about is that keep in mind the ending that we got is not the original. Now remember the original ending that did not test well was wholly reshot. Yeah. And we
0: don't so know. I'm that dying is.
1: to know. And you could no, tell we it know, we know, looking. Know what it is. Oh wait, you do know what it is.
0: Yeah. I found it on Reddit. Oh, people who had, who had gone, who had um seen some of those test screenings. And, and was it, I, I can't remember. No, we, we saw the same version that was at uh, TIFF, right? Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see some of it in the trailer. It's essentially the same mm-hmm. ending with them. Like, fighting michael myers but it takes place on the front lawn with all those floodlights because remember the trailer oh, right. you see you see laurie go at him with the oh, knife yeah. and like yeah. outside and so it's kind of same thing and i think um i want to say judy greer shoots him with a crossbow or something it's it's kind of just the same thing but they just like kick the shit out of him on the lawn and then they run away and then i read that the final shot was him his corpse in the field and he sits up and so you know he's still alive so i think that so it wasn't like vastly different i think it was more just how they how they they fought him which, in a way, that feels a little bit more original than the fire thing. But I don't know.
1: Uh, I guess I just... I can't believe they, they thought that this this ending was superior to that ending. I, thought, I can't believe they thought either of those would be an interesting ending. Well, and ending, the thing, though. here's my other thing I about mean, this ending is it was so rushed. Yes. Where you felt like something was about to happen. And all of a sudden, it just says Halloween. And you're like, oh, that's it? Yeah. It I was also, wild. I, it was such I, a wild finish. Like I thought, like there was going to be somebody in the truck or a cameo or something weird like that. I, and then they're all in the truck. They're all together. And then Halloween, like, whoa! That's... And,
0: and I also just don't. And, and I know I'm the one who's always like, oh, we don't need to. We should. We shouldn't be too nitpicky about like horror logistics. But I do not buy that after 40 years of preparation and given the fact that she turned her house into a game of mousetrap, I do not buy that Laurie Strode would just like leave him to burn and not exactly the body. I thought, had, I thought
5: exact same thing watching <laughs> I was this like, movie. And, they,
0: and yeah, they need to leave room. I, I, I get it. They want to have sequels. They want to make more money, blah, blah, blah. But I'm also like, they all had guns on them. Like they couldn't just like pump them full of lead from the, t- you know, they were like, I just did not buy that she would just go, okay, well, he's probably fine. Like I'm like, he could get out through, I'm sure there's a way to get out from the basement. Like, and, and once again, why not just like shoot him a bunch of times for good measure? That just like did not, ring, that's not a logistics thing. That just did not ring true for that character for me that's like a well, character and, development thing it and, makes no sense
2: and the thing that was confusing to me is that you know jamie wanted to come back and do this because she didn't feel like h2o did it justice or whatever and if, if they're gonna do more sequels is she gonna be in these sequels now is she not uh know. if if Michael's still out there and that means that these, these women didn't prevail and didn't kill him and that <laughs> yeah, they're what? And then that the, I, I would hope that either Judy Greer and her daughter are in the, the next movie. Oh. If they continue that, because otherwise why focus focused so much on this family in this movie Um I know that they wanted to make these female characters strong and like kick ass, which they did. And, and I was all about that. And that was, and that worked for me in the movie, like the ending, I like the judo gear, fake out and stuff. But, yeah. but again, if, if we know there's going to be more movies, then we know that they're not really going to triumph. Cause so I, I don't know. This is very strange. And yeah, I, I thought there was going to be something else at the end. Uh, not just them in the truck, um, uh, getting away. And I did. Yeah. I didn't buy that. She would leave the body there to burn knowing and thinking that like,
1: we don't even see the body on fire, by no. no. the way. No, on one.
0: Fire. And then at the very, at the if you stay till after the credits, you uh, once the credits are done, you hear him breathing, like over the oh. over the credits. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's. Yeah. I kind, I kind of hope. I don't know, I, know. I, I, I wouldn't mind if the sequel, whatever the sequel's going to be, if we get to see Tommy and Lindsay Wallace, or, or hell, the Myers. We didn't even get to see the Myers house in this movie, which is. So uh, let me
2: ask you this question before we continue. Why did Michael wait forty years to come back to Haddonfield just to kill random people? If he wasn't coming after Laurie specifically, or right, yeah,
1: there's four things I why, still. Yeah, we, I, did, I feel like we're gonna spend most of our time in this section. Yeah, because I'm fine the, with the problems. It's the so, problems I ultimately yeah. have are are script related. Like I, don't I don't agree. Have any right. Problems with any of the performances per se, you know. Yeah. So, so no. Because okay. there's they so they a couple things I wanted mass, to say. You know. Okay. If this was the first time they're doing Laurie standing up and having her revenge. 40 years later, first recon that's fine. But what we've been saying for the last eight months is that they did this 20 years ago. They did. Okay, that's one. They did better. And I agree. And so in that sense, Laurie kind of turned the tables at the end of H2O, ultimately stalking Michael for the last 10 minutes or so with the axe. That works for me. I agree. It makes sense, narratively. But this is my problem with the Jurassic... Let me go all the way back to Jurassic World. (laughs) The problem I have with the Jurassic World movies is that, as opposed to seeing uh, what, an archaeologist, paleontologist like the Alan, Alan Grant, by all accounts just a bookish person mm-hmm. trying to walk around with two kids to survive dinosaurs, yeah, thrusting, is thrusting. much more frightening than watching Alpha Superdog, yep. Chris Pratt, beefy Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt walking around confident with guns. And that is the problem I've got with the conclusion of this movie. Is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's intense to a point, but it's almost intense to a point of convenience with the mannequin room, for instance. Why is why why are there mannequins there again? But it's just not intense to me with a confident Laurie walking around with shotguns. It's just not doesn't work for me anymore.
5: Well, it goes into the problem I have with all the sequels after two or after three is that they become action movies. Yeah, that's not scary to me. Like I enjoy watching Halloween four in the sense that it's a fun. You know, thrill ride in the sense in that way of being just action oriented, but I don't find it scary in any way. And that's the same thing with this like, you know, once it gets to that, that, uh, the estate, the Strode estate, um, it becomes this, It becomes straw dogs and it's not scary and it's not even remotely tension. There's no tension there because you've built it up in this way that the film narratively can only work if laurie succeeds mm-hmm. and i and and so you've already set up that 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 mode because she already knows that she's going to get this revenge she already knows that she wants to take down michael she wants to that sort of like all right i have to i have to avenge you know what he's done to me i need this like sort of conquering you know everything that he that i that he's he's given me all this trauma all these years which we got 20 years ago by the way we did, and we got that through an arc that was far more natural and realistic than what we see here. Whereas this, it's it's it does make me wonder, like, why didn't she just shoot him like Joe Chill style, like you know, for the past twenty four years? You know what? You know,
1: like I, I, I not, not to keep patting ourselves in the back, but once again, nothing in this movie um, was as compelling as Lori in the courtyard shouting Michael and H two O. I agree, and the ending. Was not a tenth, a billionth as compelling as Laurie chopping off Michael's head, head and just staying there like I did it. Cut the black.
2: No, wait, you didn't. The, so that scene when her, when she comes out of the shadows like Michael and says <laughs> "Happy Halloween, Michael," that didn't do it for you. you and that did. <laughs> all right, look, that, that's
1: another thing. The Judy Greer fake think. out was was fine. I actually I liked the, the fake Judy out. That's all right. Out. I thought it, it, the I that was fine. expecting
2: it, so when it happened, and I know Mike Mike doesn't like it, but I I, I wasn't expecting that, and so I. Even though, again, we hadn't spent enough time with this character to believe that she would be, she'd do something like that. Um, but I did like that. But then it's immediately followed by that 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 Halloween, Happy Halloween, Michael's sequence, which is weirdly
0: shot. It is
5: very weird, weirdly shot. It it's like it almost for looks for like me. a studio. Her
0: work. her head looks fake in that part. Yeah. So maybe it yeah. was computerized. That. Well, and even if you think about which is obviously an homage to um, Michael's face lighting up in the end of the first Halloween, but it's right? Yeah. When, when it's but, when he stabs
5: but, her and she falls off the stairs. But that,
0: like they did that with like this, uh, this almost like theatrical floor light. And with, yes. with this one, it was just like, okay, well, Happy Halloween, Michael. Okay. It, yeah.
5: But like, let's be real. Let's first off, there is no film in this entire franchise that, that comes even a 10th of the close of like what the first one is. I, I've been reading so many goddamn essays the past month or two about this. And Matthew Zoller Zeitz has a really good one. It's in the new uh, Fangoria that talks about why the film is such a cut above the rest is because it really is this lush theatrical production that goes back to Carpenter's upbringing of loving like Howard Hawks of loving like all these old school filmmakers like Hitchcock, and so it comes from a very ingrained. Passion. Uh, a passion yeah. for old school filmmaking that none of these other sequels are going to have because they were already indebted to the slasher horror genre. So yeah. this is, it's a cut above the rest, no pun intended. Yeah. This film sh- could have been that because David Gordon Green, who is... Arguably, almost like a Carpenter esque character, you know, director in his own indie film. Easily the best director
1: since the first movie. Easily the best. I agree,
5: but he doesn't appeal to his strengths. Mm -hmm. He's just falling into the goddamn tropes and expectations of what the horror genre wants, as opposed to what Halloween does, which is Halloween doesn't fall into all the horror tropes, even though it has them in it the The reason why it excels for me is because it's it's a goddamn fucking great cinematic. It's a piece of cinema, mm-hmm. and it also f- leans more into the Hitchcockian tri- uh, tropes of mystery, as opposed to that that that's just like a ba- kind of a more baseline mystery, as opposed to just being the slasher thing. And I and I was hoping that this movie would do that, and it didn't. And, and-
0: I, I will say though, I, I actually do think that David Gordon Green, not not so much in a in a horror fashion, but I do think he brought some visual flair to this. Um, I actually agree with Justin. I, I did like the uh, the mask putting on sequence, and I know David Gordon Green. He's always captured rural settings really well. Like I, I like the woods of this movie. I like mm-hmm. I love. I actually really like, enjoyed the uh, the sequence where the father and son discover the bus. That felt very David Gordon Green. Yeah, movie. I like that. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's that cool. pretty cool. And you heard that. Uh, you heard that. Um, Oh, the the country song on the radio is like a, a country version of "I Wish I Had You All Alone," which I thought was I was like oh, it's like a nice. Oh, movie. interesting. Yeah. That's a good yeah, idea because yeah, I yeah. saw
5: that it was in the credits and I was like, wait, when, did Laurie sing it at one point?
1: But well, there are yeah, a lot of fuck, Easter. eggs. Yeah. Oh, something else I did notice know walking out. There's so many Easter eggs that listen. Admittedly, I didn't take notes during this. You know, we're in the theater, but the the teacher in the classroom oh, yeah, talking yeah. to you know talking about fate. Yeah, PJ Souls. Is that really? It's PJ yeah, Soul's voice. Oh wow! It's, it's London. Uh, so I've another...
0: got a little Fantastic Fest exclusive Easter egg. If you guys want it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They said not to say it, and they said not to say it till the movie comes out. Maybe, maybe someone else's report on the You know, with the the baby that Michael Myers walks by, we hear a baby cry.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't kill it. That's Jamie Lee Curtis doing the doing the baby uh, cry too, which I thought was kind of cool, like a little homage to the sister thing. I, I thought that was kind of neat.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah, I swear to God, at a Fantastic Fest. She's, so like, she's
1: doing like a voice of a baby crying.
0: Yeah, she at fantastic fest they did the talk back and she someone i think an audience had a question of like oh what's like an easter egg no one's going to notice and they were like all right can we swear this room to secrecy like until the movie comes out and everyone agreed and then she did the baby cry, like she, they said that that was her doing providing the baby cry and like she did it live and, and it it was kind of freaky but yeah so that shemily curse doing so, so that's like a nod of like, oh, why didn't he kill that baby? And it's like, oh, is it his baby sister kind of, kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's just a nod. It's not supposed to be that. What a
1: dumb thing to like keep secret. <laughs> <laughs> like well, wow, Please, God, God, don't break hey, this. Well, hey, if listen, you break when, this. I swear Mr. to God, we're not going to distribute the film. Like who gives a shit? And, uh,
0: when Mr. – when Daddy asks me to keep a secret, <laughs> I keep the secret. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Daddy
1: David. Thanks thanks for not breaking that. So damn.
2: Th- this was also my <laughs> huge problem with this. Film. And then after this, I want to go around and talk about things that we maybe liked about it because we, we've just been tearing it down. But I, <laughs> my my problem is this that it's like it's like the Force Awakens problem, mm-hmm. which which I did like, but it's that it's there are it's it's very beat for beat at moments a a remake. You have him in the hospital. He breaks out of the hospital. You have patients wandering around. You have patients wandering around. You have a doctor with the cops searching for him. You. You know, just like in the original. You have uh, a doctor gone have rogue. Him, you have him killing babysitters. He's killing babysitters. Uh, you, I mean, it's there's a lot of of, of a remake in this film, which, which is the thing. Like you were saying, John Carpenter was honing and maybe pulling from these Hitchcock movies and things that he loved as a director. But unfortunately, the only thing that people seem to be interested in, in doing going forward is just trying to pull from Halloween. Yeah and not bringing their own flair and their own you know um uh, angle to this, you know.
1: I'll I'll say this too on that point, Mac, is um if we're talking pop culture here, there was uh, another big relaunch of Doctor Who recently a couple weeks ago for that matter. Right. And for more than ever before, I felt like this really was even though it's definitely a continuation of as to what's come before, right. it it really is reintroducing people or, or introducing people to the concept of Doctor especially that first episode with Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, yeah. is that you're kind of explaining who she is, a brief history of the show, and we're moving ahead. So you, you never have you never have to have ever seen any Doctor Who to, to be entertained by, it, at least in my opinion. Which, which but the something... thing is with this movie is they're doing a similar thing where they're like, okay, maybe you've only seen the first Halloween once, or maybe you're only familiar with Halloween, but we are essentially – rebooting this and we are reintroducing this to a new generation but whereas the new doctor who in my opinion really does just feel like its own thing original concept moving forward original interactions and and direction and look and everything else halloween which goes all the way back to what dan was saying is just plays like a grace hits like okay here's this movie that exists now we're just going to pretty much retell that movie that exists and and show in a new way things that we've dismissed—it's it's so confusing even just I, saying it out loud. So I that's that's how I look call at it.
0: Uh, Halloween retold. That's what <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Halloween:
1: The Search for More Money. <laughs> the Search for More Money for Jason Blum. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about some other things as we go on, just in terms of like the deaths and the characters. Right.
2: So before before we move into the categories, yeah, can I would like everybody to say one thing they liked about the movie, <laughs> like okay. genuinely liked. I
1: I kind of have to save it for characters though.
2: Okay, okay. I
1: sure. love the mask. Mask looks great. Well
2: they got the mask right finally. Mask is the best mask the since through, Halloween two. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent agreed.
0: Dan, I really did like a lot of things about this movie. Honestly, the second time around. Once I met the movie on its own terms, I, I was with it until the, the doctor bullshit that we'll get to. Um, if I was going to single out one thing that I, that I was just really drawn to that I couldn't stop thinking about, I actually really enjoyed the scene where Jamie Lee or Lori is watching the bus pull away and she's freaking out in the car and drinking. I, yeah. that, that, that hit me in a raw kind of so, way. And, that
1: was obviously paying tribute yeah. to H2O. She's an alcoholic, so.
3: That, yeah
2: and then I'm going to go one step further Dan. that that is my favorite shot of the of the movie because if you notice in the background very out of focus Michael's standing there in the light and I didn't know that just in that her second head that's awesome yeah. it's just in her head but it's it's we don't get enough of that again if this movie was just about Jamie and not <laughs> Jamie Lori and not and didn't ha- we didn't go over complicate with all the kids and the podcast stuff and the doctor if it was just about her really trying to deal with this and maybe you had like the sheriff who Mike mentioned and I thought should have been the case would have been like one of her ex-husbands yeah i think it would have been really good to see her like really traumatized and dealing with this and like like her interactions with maybe being pulled back into the public eye via the, via the pod people maybe it was just the pod people and her the whole movie because that, that moment really people. did work for me. That moment I thought was like it was really kind of chilling, and I was like, "Oh, are we going to get more of this?" And okay. then we didn't. I, okay, I
1: have a, I have a big question. Yeah. Did she not have to be his sister?
2: Yeah. See, I yeah. still I still like uh, the fact that it's
5: not his, the sister and brother. Did I'm going to fight but, about that though. But but what I'm I saying
1: see? is, do, what what point did that really serve for the movie? Nothing.
5: It really doesn't.
2: Like, what's the point? Who cares?
5: I guess it's in the sense that they could continue after part one
2: because it's not just going But why her. do they even have to
1: – why can't they just say that part two happens? I, I, it just I, had that, to be a was, that, Because for me, like, when, for instance, when he shows back up in town as is just going house to house killing people, for me, if, if they were still doing the sibling thing, that gives me the sense that he's just going to keep going from house to house in this neighborhood until he finds her. Like, he has no rhyme or reason to know exactly where she lives. See that, and there's something about that that works for me. Because I, I was with Elle. I was like, okay, we're going to go see it. They're not sister and brother anymore. Okay, here we go. But now it just becomes, I like, she's just so tied into this franchise as the sister that to all of a sudden make her not the sister, it just didn't make any sense. What, what was the purpose? If you're not going to really drive home the fact that this movie can only exist without her being a sister, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all to me.
2: Yeah, and to that point, again, why does Michael break out now? and why does he, because he's being transferred, and if he's as strong as he is to stomp someone's head through, he could have broken out of this facility years ago. I guess probably, he was triggered right? by the
1: fucking mask, right? That's what it is. So we're
2: saying that there, the mask did have power, and the pod person was correct. No, I just think I the mean,
1: psychological I, I, influence. I think it just reminded I,
2: him of. He didn't even look at the fucking thing. <laughs> well, he knew it was there. Everybody else,
1: the dogs were barking. Everybody, uh, the
2: dogs and all the other patients knew the power of the mask. So then we're putting this weird mystical power on this this seemingly Halloween mask that he just pulled out of a store. There's probably more of them out there. It doesn't make sense.
0: I, I didn't mind, I don't know, I actually didn't mind any of that just because I mean if you think about the first movie, why did he wait um was it fifteen years? You know? Like I like I don't know.
2: Aren't they transferring him and they he works out? Yeah, they are, yeah. So yeah. you're just, supposed to believe hey, that hey, he is Zach, just normal It's and he Halloween breaks
0: out. Re- retold. It is.
5: Um, it is. <laughs> I'm saying? The shape it's awake the guy yeah. is a uh, Mike Vanderbilt joke
0: on Twitter. I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily <laughs> miss for me it's not about as much about like, oh I missed this the sibling connection. It's more that like you guys were saying earlier I I miss the fact that Halloween Two is not canon anymore. You know what I mean? Because to me, Halloween Two is just such a superior sequel. And I'm I'm right with you, Mike. I I think they could have just kept him. If you want to make a direct sequel, fine. Disregard H Two O, fine. But like, I think I think it does more for your story if you keep Michael Myers on the lam. And I just think this movie borrows so heavily from Halloween Two in the middle of it that it just for, for me, it's more I miss I mean, Halloween Two. Now, as much think specific. about it.
1: my thing. The other thing is like they just they they were m- making a point for a whole year. Like they are not really they are not really they're not really I thought that was really going to somehow figure into the plot like but it doesn't really Well, it really... does in a
5: way because it shows the fact that like when you're look it does in a way be, but it doesn't because they don't execute it properly they felt that that one tracking shot just shows that he's on a murder spree and he just was just it was in his bones to like get out there and yeah. fucking kill and kill and kill and he was just going to keep doing that until someone stopped him ultimately yeah the thing that kills it for me is that you never get the sense that Michael's really on his own doing it. You feel as if the the, the film has to – and we talked about this right afterwards. The film has to try so hard to get him back to the Strode residence that he's consistently curated almost or seemingly curated throughout the entire like neighborhood. And first off, on a, a side note, and this, I guess this does take place in this section – this this is one of the most forgettable Haddonfields. I don't even see it. You saw nighttime shots. The most yeah, the there There's no Haddonfield.
1: Trick or treaters for a You're couple, going I mean, back. Not to, had- to go back to like you know, the, even the first two movies, there was not a lot of kids in it, obviously. But even this really didn't. F- I, yeah, I shouldn't say that. It, there was obviously like a Halloween dance and stuff like that, but it's still, it just didn't feel. Did I, I just didn't little... get a sense of setting at all. Yeah, so,
5: and I think that for me, I would if they had that. And I got an idea of what Haddonfield was like. We actually had some fucking establishing shots, whatever happened to those in filmmaking anymore. And we also had some sort of like moments where you could kind of enjoy around town. I mean, for Christ's sake, Halloween H2O is, is, is 80 minutes and you at least get more of, you get the whole Hillcrest Academy. You get all of Summer Glen. You, I mean, the same thing with H2O, like or with uh, Halloween 2 or any of the uh, Halloween sequels. There's always a sense of place in the location. And I did not get that in this movie. And I felt like if you had that, And you got to see Michael have like just go around the town a little bit and not be so intrinsically tied to the main characters and where because they had to propel him to get to Laurie so that they could have this final battle. Then their point of oh he's not related would actually make more sense, Mm -hmm. but you never really get the opportunity other than that one tracking shot to see my Myers just really kind of and maybe the gas station I guess at this at that point, but I just feel like that's more of just. Practicality and that you need to get the mask. You well, need to get the. And we have the to pay overall, homage
1: to Halloween four. And you get the h to with the with the re- Yeah, so
5: you actually were able to see him in his own faculties, doing the things or doing other things that didn't involve so much just the principles. I think you would that would that point would have come across more, and that's kind of what I was starving for in this movie.
0: Well, kind of it goes back to what I was saying before. And once again, I know he's on a tighter time frame, but. We don't. Not only do we not see him stalk anyone in the movie, and, th- and honestly, this is my fault because I've I rapidly was looking for any new footage in the lead up to this. But I I, w- I wonder if we hadn't seen that tracking shot in the previews, if we would feel the same way. Because for me, they showed so much of every like every cool thing in the movie. I feel like they kind of showed in the preview, even yeah, that shot of him uh him spying on them in the cemetery, which I loved. But that's all we got. We literally got that one shot that they yeah. showed. The closet scene also great but we got all we got pretty much that entire scene from like i think any house, the
2: even
3: evening. the
0: gas station like we saw most yeah. of it in the preview and so i think i think that any shot that or any sequence that did establish a sense of place we just had already seen like i didn't get any more out of haddonfield other than the one street that we already saw in um where I, I should say i didn't get any more daytime haddonfield yeah. than well, the one street that we saw
2: at the moment at the school when she looks out the window and it's not michael but it's Story, but again another homage ridiculous it and just never ends yeah. yeah
0: i no hey no no one. this is such a small thing but this actually gave me more of a sense of place of hadfield than any other uh, uh sequence in the movie when we first meet hawkins and he's playing pinball yes i was yeah. like that that to me is like what we I, I remember i i forget who i was talking to but they were saying that part of what makes the, the first two halloween movies so great is that you hear like you hear people's first and last names that you never meet, like Ben Tramer. I mean, you meet him yeah. in the second movie, and like, like Lonnie Elam. And like, I mean, you meet him too. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's just this idea of like little things going on in the town. And in this movie, the pinball sequence, you're like, okay, cool. This this cop likes to hang out and play pinball at this place when he's not on duty. But that it's so short though, too. You know? Wait, which, a- by the
5: way, it's Back the Future pinball machine, which is my favorite part of this entire film <laughs> what, because that is my favorite. What happened um
1: the, the the cop with the cowboy hat, the black cop with the cowboy hat.
0: Sheriff, yeah, yeah uh,
2: he, he disappeared, right? We yeah, never yeah, see just him. In like Away, yeah. that, oh, that was weird, right? The there's a sequel on the way.
1: Well, yeah. wow. so, hey, looking back, back about, I, mean, yeah. I definitely, I'm definitely gonna have to see it again, just for um, maybe we'll, when we do this podcast in 20 years, I'll have to see it for the second time.
0: I, I was I um, better, like I said, I, I did enjoy it more. I think there was so much hype going into it the first time, and so much like, oh my god, what is this gonna be like? And I, I, I was a little bit more, I want to say forgiving of its flaws, but like they went down a little bit easier once I knew they were there, you know? So I don't know. I think it is worth seeing a second time. I enjoyed it more, but, but none of, none of the flaws or none of my, um, misgivings for the movie, like went away the second time. They just were easier to accept. I think.
5: How how much more interesting would this movie be? If Lori and Michael, you get rid of the whole doctor sequence thing, obviously, but they just happened to fight almost like across this, like the, across the neighborhood. Like, he just keeps going to different houses, and then she keeps trying to stalk him, and it's almost like
2: cat and mouse across no, the whole neighborhood. it would neighborhood. just be like an action movie, like you said, and it wouldn't be good. But
5: I think, it, I think it would be far more interesting than having it being self-contained at this house that is so pre- premeditated for having these sort of action tropes, like the gas, the, the millions of shotguns everywhere, and like, she actually had to use her... It's almost like, you know, she has to find out... Maybe you could have had it where she had to find out where...
0: I don't know. That's not even worth trying to fix at Shoot. this point. Because if um, we go into the categories, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, I'll say one final thing about.
0: Sure,
1: sure. No, no, we have because we have to talk about. No, I guess we'll save it for buds and bobs. Yeah. He, people are probably like, "Well, how can they be this dismissive?" But they enjoy, you know, Halloween Four or the Curse of Michael Myers, for that matter. Here, here's why for me. Those were sequels to movies, one. One was directed by somebody named Dwight H. Little, and the other was directed, ghost directed by a guy named Joe Chappelle. Some some random people. There was no hype behind those movies either. And they're both trying to just continue on a a pre-existing story. So when you are relaunching a franchise, and you are putting this much promotion and this much hype and dismissing these other sequels, and you're bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis, and you're bringing in award-winning directors and writers... Then you better be better than Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. And that is why I'm much more critical about something like this than it would be for Joseph Zito's Friday the 13th, the final <laughs> chapter. You know what I mean? Because you are you are yeah. trying to add some prestige and, and you're trying to add some superiority. So you better be superior and you better be prestigious. And that is why we're being harder on this. You know, it's like it's like it's like criticizing a uh, high school student was criticizing a toddler, essentially, you know,
0: but it, it, it kills me because I feel like we're kind of in the minority. I mean, this this movie has even even today, after all the reviews are out, it still has like an 82 percent. Yeah. Record. But Dan, if you look it's at I, if you look me at Metacritic,
1: out, no. though, it is in the 60s. It is.
0: OK, yeah. because, no, again, no you know, cool.
1: the thing I hate about Rotten Tomatoes is you can give that you can give a movie CC a plus, and, and they're going to treat it just like you gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, See, I sure. always look at Metacritic. I never trust well, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes.
0: What the thing that that has drive me fucking apeshit with a lot of these reviews, and you know, apologies, if, and I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on any of our listeners who like the movie. It's a movie. At the end of the day, I still like M. John because it It's a Halloween movie. But what's driving me nuts about a lot of these reviews that have come out from publications I like a lot is that they had the same criticisms we have of the movie, but then the reviews always end with like, "Oh, but the final showdown is so fun. You forget about all the other stuff." No, like, which I don't agree like, with it at all. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing,
2: uh, like you were just saying, Dan, and like Malakod said, the thing that's great about horror movies is that you're always going to disagree, and there's always going to be a debate, and we're always going to be, you know, we're fans through and through. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that this movie is not great doesn't mean anything to me about my love for the franchise. I'm, you know, I'll be excited when another movie comes out. Maybe they'll get it right. Maybe they won't. But you know, that's just how it goes. Nothing's going to touch the first. First, second, third for me now, and fourth, and now six has a special place in my heart. You know, like nothing nothing's gonna touch those for me. Um so yeah, it's I agree, Justin. If we're if it sounds like we're coming hard on this, and first of all, if you've been listening to this podcast this whole time and you didn't think that we were gonna think everything that we are thinking right now about this movie, <laughs> you got nothing coming. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. Or worse
1: inclinations came true apparently, yeah.
2: I I
5: agree with you, Mac. But I, I it's something that I think we hinted at earlier on this uh, in this limited series, is that the lead up was always going to be more interesting and more fun yeah. than the actual movie. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened for me with Force Awakens. Yeah. Like I had so much fun hyping, and getting excited about that movie than I did about with the actual movie itself. Like when I think about that era of I don't actually think about the movie. I think about like all of us. Speculation. Speculation and and all this other stuff. And that's what's been great about this. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
5: Having said that, it would have been really nice to have something really fucking good to go with it. But (laughs) whatever, you know. Like 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 why I think of, you know, movies that have delivered on that hype you know, more recently, like when we were really hyped for Mad Max Fury Road and the movie absolutely passed our expectations yes. so yeah. or like yeah. even for me, like Twin Peaks, the return. Yeah. I was hyping that up more than anything and it absolutely surpassed my expectations and also just kind of blew my mind in ways that I didn't even know how to assess it anymore. Agreed. So like, Agreed. and that's kind of what I was, I was just hoping something with this and I know we're going to be critiquing it more and we have our final thoughts later, but I still stress that like this whole journey up to this has been a blast and i, I would agree. do it again if they do another movie yeah oh, absolutely you know, uh, dude obvious.
0: and i and i still like at the end of the day there were still there were still a lot of things i liked and like i said i i still even after seeing it the first time and having the criticisms i did i kept thinking about it i like that there's another halloween movie in the world i like that we're away from the rob zombie movies at this point and, and but it, but once again it does it's funny because like. It keeps getting unfavor it keeps getting favorably compared to h show and that people are saying this is better than H2O. And I'm like, man, I think H2O is a more consistent movie. I,
1: I, believe I it, it or not, think... I actually do think H2O is better. <laughs> I, I do Not not by a landslide by any means, but no. One
0: when I think, of, like, at least it's totally
5: by, consistent. That's
0: the thing.
1: To Even to though that. we that's, get those different yeah. masks and there were reshoots, it still feels like we're watching one narrative happening, and now we're it's over. Mm-hmm. This feels like I said, like there's five different movies happening in the second half. Yeah. You know, we, we meet people that disappear for 45 minutes only to come back to be killed in five yep. minutes. It's weird. And then people are introduced and then totally, like I said, the cop with the cowboy hat, gone. Yeah. Gone. If you spend so much time introducing
2: him and popping in and out, and I don't know. Well, Dan, what, sorry, did you, did you finish what you were going
0: to say? Oh, I was going to say, like, you know, I know I was only 13 when I saw it, but if we're talking about movies that – at the time, delivered on hype, like H Tro is that for me as a kid. You know? I agree, I mean, you
3: know, agree. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Maybe, maybe this, maybe I would feel the same way about this movie if I was thirteen. But I, you know, I don't know. It, it is just, it's tough reconciling being hard on the movie, but also like because, like I said this, I think I said this in my Facebook post, and I saw it. Like it did hit a lot of my fan buttons. Like, yeah, I like to see those silver shamrock masks and all that other stuff. But when you divorce all that from it, it start it, it, it does start to feel a little bit. If hollow. you're,
1: I feel like if you're a, just a casual horror fan you might be more inclined to like this movie as well. But you know, listen, we're the Halloweenies, so you know, we're going to be a little more a little more critical <laughs> and uh about to, our Halloween films.
2: To, as we're going to pivot here, I think it's important to bring up the fact that I thought that they did not get the kids right in this. I, I agree. And I feel the like that t- teenagers like Yeah, that. and, yeah, and I would, I, it's that. not that I thought that anyone was like doing a really bad job in the movie per se. It's just they they've struggled to get the, the teenagers right in all of these movies except um, for the first one except for the first and then and i even the second say one, the though. fourth and the second yeah i think ford yeah i, I feel think like four
0: well, the actually,
1: second one is not really teens in the second one that's more like kind of young adults so right, right. Yeah, but, uh, but i true. think
2: four gets it right too in a way that you have oh, yeah. characters that that's very they might true, be kind of like sh- sh- stupid or sh- you know ridiculous like some of like the guys in that movie and stuff but like when they're going to get killed, you are rooting for them. You don't want them to be killed. Whereas in this movie, the whole movie, you're just like, oh, I can't wait till almost all these people get killed. I will say the only moment that that did work for me was was like the babysitter and, and the little boy when they were talking. As co- comedic as that was, like you said, Mike, I think that that actually did really work, and I. It's that. natural. It, it was natural, and I like yeah. that and they didn't know what was happening. Right, I like that. But then, like Mike said. When Michael showed up, that should have it should have pivoted, and it was mm-hmm. it should not have been funny anymore. We should not have been laughing at each turn, and the boy running out. We should have been terrified, yeah. and yeah, and it just it just never really quite. And, and
1: and to go back to what we were talking about the beginning, it's one thing when when we watch these horror movies, which we all love horror movies, and I, especially I love slash movies and stuff like that. You know, where we're after maybe a brutal murder will happen, and we'll kind of laugh uncomfortably, like, like oh my god, like oh my god. But but the way that the, the babysitter murder happened, it, it went beyond just uncomfortable laughter or oh my god I can't believe that just happened laughter to genuine we're we're laughing at something somebody just said on the screen yeah and once again I think that that totally undercuts the moment for me at least um, okay for God's sakes I think it's time I don't even know what the section is next <laughs> is it time to turn on the radio Am I, I think right? it is well all right well, let's turn on to the uh, my favorite radio station WKNB
2: fiber <laughs> Lori Strode was found directly across the street from the home where the murders took place. The
3: teenager was taken across town to Haddonfield Memorial
1: Clinic. Obviously, the the big thing that this movie uh, had going for it leading into it is John Carpenter is back um, in more than just a congratulatory executive producer credit, you know, just for creating Halloween. He is actually involved in this, and he, his son Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, both who are members of his uh, current touring band and the people behind the, the two really solid Lost Themes albums, they're responsible for the score for this film. And it's a score that I like quite a lot. And Mike, you gave us a really uh, a glowing review. I love the score. Yeah. Because I think this is
5: Carpenter taking what he knows best, which is minimalism, mm-hmm. but then also taking what's been pretty much the modern minimalism. Over the last 15, 20 years, which is a lot of like the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, a year ago they did their own sort of Halloween style theme on their own, which is actually going to be coming to vinyl soon mm-hmm. through yeah, Sacred Bones. Maybe another day or something. Yeah. yeah. So that I'm actually really excited for that. But this is a really brutal, angry, vicious score that proves that Carpenter still knows how to add a punch. To what's going on on the screen. I didn't expect the film to be this vicious in certain areas because I I think that's it's actually very similar to Rob Zombie's style of Myers, which we'll talk to in the next section. But what I do appreciate is that Carpenter is relentless on all these themes. And when he does get very quiet, you know, as he does with like Laurie's theme, which is kind of a variation and a little more mature version of what we hear from the original one, I, I basically said. With his version for Laurie's theme and really kind of sums up his process for this score is that it went from soundtracking someone who's a warrior, like someone who's gonna worry about a lot of things, to someone who's actually like a legit warrior hmm. who's actually gonna go out and like fucking fight. From warrior to warrior. From warrior to warrior, which okay. is what I put in my review, which is on consequence of sound. And I gave it an A minus. I really like it. And in fact, the one thing that I can say that I did walk away with this. Is that I now have a, a really good John Carpenter score? In my opinion, that I that that's the best thing that came out of this entire experience mm-hmm. yeah. for
1: me. Yeah, I, nothing. There were a couple. I think I, I I assume the vinyl has more music than we actually heard in the movie. I'm guessing there were a couple stand out new pieces, especially near the end of the movie. Um, but lava was just kind of. It's hard to explain how I felt about it. just paying respect to the original. I guess. Because in a lot of ways, it does just sound like the original, but it doesn't sound like the original in a way that Halloween Resurrection is just trying to do the original score again, you know? It does feel like yeah. it's a 2018 version of that. Exactly. I think that's because of the inclusion of Daniel Davies, who's a really good guitarist. And whereas I feel the last, honestly, 30 years of John Carpenter's scores, uh, where guitars have permeated those scores in a negative way. Like his father... Dave Davies, yeah, I kind of like the "In the Mouth of Madness" main title. Yeah, I don't mind. It's kind of like a goof off, you know. know, But because that's the only time you hear that guitar. really. That's a riff off of Enter Sandman, so it's kind of yeah, that's true. But well, yeah, but it makes my point though. Is I think the guitar really works here and makes it its own thing. It doesn't feel intrusive. It doesn't, and I don't think you're ever going to look back on this score and feel like it, it's dated in any way. Mm. Whereas you look back on a lot of those late 80s, 90s Carpenter movies, and it's just, oh God, it's like time stamped. Well, and, that,
5: and that's what I loved about it. I think this is the most modern score he's ever produced. Like, I, I listen to this and I hear Carpenter. I really do. Mm-hmm. And especially if you've been listening to like Lost Themes. Yes, that's what reminded of the me things. of most of There's track titles that. That are very like spoilerific. Wait, okay, what, is... so what were the
1: spoilers? What were the spoiler titles that we were worried about? I'll
5: read down all the, the yeah, tracks. This that'd is be crazy. Great. There's twenty one there's twenty one tracks, and it basically starts I mean it sums up the entire film though. One is intro, then you go into to the Halloween theme, then Lori's theme, then you have prison montage. These are have, really spoilers. Then you have Michael Kills, then you have Michael Kills again. No then, problem. Then you have the shape returns, the boogeyman, the shape kills. Lori sees the shape. No problem so far. Rod Iron Fence. That's not bad. No. The shape hunts Allison. Allison discovered. No problem. Say something. Raise goodbye. So we're doing okay so far. 15 tracks in. Raise well, goodbye. That's eyes. a yeah.
1: that's a pretty bad one. Raise. Oh, Raise. Raise goodbye. Who's
5: the, you know, that's a specific character that you're actually going that to That is, put on well, there.
1: E- to be fair though, even in the trailer, we see him getting stabbed.
2: You
5: do, but or it's a little. getting strangled. It's, cra- it's dumb too. Um, the shape is monumental. The shape and Lori fight. No problem. The grind. Trap the shape. The shape burns.
1: Halloween triumphant. But why is it called The Shape Burns? I mean... Jesus. Don't... That does... That's that's the biggest... Uh, that's what's egregious... But even like example. Trap
5: the Shape... Why are you summing up the movie to that yeah. degree? You, you know? should call it
1: like, The Shape is Trapped or something like that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> there are some great slow moments in here that serve as a nice dichotomy to the more vicious stuff that you hear. Like prison montage is fucking doom metal in a way. And I really... I, I enjoyed that. But then you get something like Say Something or... Ray's goodbye or even allison discovered and it's very like atmospheric in the same ways that he has on lost theme so um, i don't know well, I, there's I, a lot I, of
0: uh there's a lot of drones almost even the the very opening cue when you see mm-hmm. the universal logo yeah. it's yeah. not it's not the halloween theme i actually enjoyed it it, it was almost something like you would hear and i mean i know he didn't do the score but that opening sequence of halloween four like and i don't think yeah. we've had like just full on eerie drones on any of the soundtracks since then. So I, I loved hearing that. And I agree with that. I think the soundtrack is fantastic in this movie.
2: Yeah, see, and whereas for me, and I, I got to see it again, and I got to listen to the soundtrack, but I did not listen to the soundtrack at all leading no, up to no, the no, no, I, I didn't want to actually see, see track see the, titles. I didn't want to see the track titles, and I just really wanted it to be a surprise. And maybe it's because I'm just associating it so much with my viewing of the movie and that I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. The music and music usually makes a movie for me, and the music didn't do anything for me. Now, I got to listen to this separately because I think that there's a lot of music that I'm just totally forgetting about because I was so focused on watching the film and not really paying attention to the sound, in which case it was probably doing its job and servicing the movie and not pulling me out of it. But, um, yeah, personally, there wasn't anything in there that I remembered, and there wasn't except for the Halloween theme. And there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, that's really great. That's a really great play on this from the old movie, which again, I I, I, di- I didn't want because this is supposed to be like its own new thing. Maybe if maybe the Lori theme, that would have been cool. But I was like, where's the theme for everyone else? I guess Ray got a theme, but you know, like, but well, not well, even, he didn't you know? really, like, pers-
5: he didn't get his theme for se. It was just more of just like in that moment. His death, yeah. It, you know, I oh, know, I'm just Kind of get some sort of thing. but, but like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean. I, like, I would have liked to see, like, there's a lot of movements and there's a lot of different themes, I feel like, in the original Halloween. I would have liked to see new themes and not just old themes again. Yeah. Well, there I, were, there were, I mean, there they, weren't any like, real, re- sta-
1: for me, were, watching the movie, not living with the soundtrack, there weren't a lot of standout. Nothing's going to approach, like, you know, the Shape Stocks or, I mean, uh, like, the Myers House or Lori's Theme or something like that. Nothing stood out in that regard. But I do think it did do a good job of serving the story.
2: Mm. I'll agree with that. Like, again, I wasn't, like – it wasn't pulling me out and I wasn't constantly, like – you know, grading the theme as we went through it I was watching the movie, which is what you're supposed to be doing. It felt like I was watching
1: but when those when the music popped up, it felt like I was watching a Halloween movie more than most of the rest of the movie, yeah in yeah. a lot of ways
2: so i I'm interested in going back and listening to it, but definitely but, but you three definitely. really liked it so i that bodes well for me i think i I probably will end up enjoying it. I'm just as its own thing. I'll be listening to it on random because if I listen to it straight through, I'm just gonna be watching the movie again in my head and I won't enjoy it. <laughs> oh, by the way,
1: I, if you look at the soundtrack again, I, I think you listened to it all the way through, Mike, because that, that trap, trap, the shape is not a spoiler. Because actually, a song called "The Shape" by the band Trapped. Oh my
0: god, you missed it. Yeah. So, oh boy, geez. it's headstrong. Headstrong trapped
2: shape strong. I think you are. We going to, are we going to attribute this score working and working in a modern way to just Carpenter? Don't you think that I mean, that's, that's, that's a major thing with you... Dave Davies? And it's like, don't you yeah, oh, I think that, oh, the I the think that they help out on... tremendously. No, yeah, I agree. Okay,
5: because Daniel Davies has got an edge on his own, he just did his event score which sounds very I listened very to some modern. of that.
1: That that sounds pretty cool, too. It's very Stranger it, Things, that. It's very Stranger Things. It's very much in that same... And then you talked to him in that interview, yeah. which people should definitely listen to, about how it's just kind of his own version of Lost Themes where these are uh, scores to science fiction films that never happened. Yeah. Um, but they sound great, and they do sound a lot like Lost Themes. I mean, no joke, Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies are just as important to Lost Themes and this score as Carpenter himself is. But I think they recognize that. I think that they both. I think Carpenter and his son and godson realize that they they need each other for it to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think it does here.
5: And I think that they do a lot of the heavy lifting for some of the thrills and tension that's in this movie. What about the chills and spills? The chills and spills, not so much. They're going to leave that off to David Gordon Green, who had a lot of fun with the gore. For David me, Gordon David, Green. Gore, David
1: Gordon, Herschel Green. Green. Green, Gordon yeah. Walker.
2: Well, let me throw this out there uh, as we wrap up our 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 score section. Do you think Carpenter's gonna score the next movie? No, <laughs> no, no. All right, and who yeah, do you, who, who, who would you like to see score the next? I'd like score. Oh, Justin, um, I would oh, like to score it. I can. You know, I'm throwing my hat in the ring.
1: I think I could do a good oh, job. I could wow. play the opening theme to Halloween, but I think it would be really cool as somebody you can't play an instrument just to have me go up there and bang out some weird um, notes on the on the on the piano. To make mm. it a little more off-putting. You if know, you have two right. other members in the band, who would it be? Um, probably Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies.
0: <laughs> wow. I, I want to get uh, trapped to the score for the next one. I'm going to now uh, rework the yeah.
1: lyrics to Headstrong it had to who, be a Halloween song.
0: Who, what's, what's the group that did the uh, It Follows soundtrack? Uh, what are they called? I was just about um, to
1: say. Oh, see, that's, incre- that's, the, that's an incredible story. I
2: would actually yeah. like to see someone like, like them do it. I can't remember What are they name. called? Yeah,
0: I forget what they need to go by, but yeah. they it's, would, uh, Disaster Pease. Disaster Disasterpiece. Disaster piece, that's right. Uh, awful I, name. Awful
1: good name, good name music. great, great music. But
2: I think that they were able to capture that that tone while bringing it into a new um, uh, decade or new uh, modern era, I guess. Um, while still capturing that 80s tone yeah and i think that that is something that uh they need to bring i think i see the thing that bothers me about them ignoring halloween Two is that i love the halloween Two score yeah more than probably the original and i wish again like dustin was saying i wish there is there's just no reason to ignore that movie if anything the, it it answers some questions that they had to like try to answer in this one where they well if you want to loomis dead just so he died in the fire explosion at the end of two, and then just pick up after that movie. You know, like, I, I don't know why they did that.
1: I don't know why they did a lot of things. Anywho,
0: okay, sorry. Um, Are we <laughs> well, good?
1: Are we anything else to talk about music-wise? Because there, there's no actual uh, songs in this movie, which is which is nice, you know?
0: Just, uh, I wish I had you all alone. I, I guess that's about oh, it. Hey, that's a nice little nod. I, I'm actually really I happy. Do I do like did that. that.
1: That's cool. I yeah. didn't even recognize that, but that's great that that was in there. I like that, you yeah. know. Because again, that was just, you know, she just thought blah, blah, blah. I think I think Carpenter gave her. The, the title of whatever made up song, and then she mm-hmm. just went with the rest of the lyrics. but she, she, He talks about that in actually our interview with I, her, that,
3: we,
5: that
0: we I wish we had gotten a uh, Dr. Sartan rap, you know, like a do the, like the Bartman. <laughs> do the Sartan. <laughs> Am I saying his name right? I might be fucking up his no, name. Who gives yeah. a shit? The guy sucks.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I think it's time to, you know, we're talking about characters where we haven't really talked about a lot of ages. So let's talk about how. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about how Michael <laughs> Oh, <hold on. laughs> Let's talk about how Michael Myers is twenty-one.
3: Stop! Stop! Stop!
5: In fact, though, he'd probably be sixty-one now.
1: So he could have his ARP card. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say something right off the bat. I, I I actually really liked this. Is it James Courtney? What's his name again? Courtney, it's james be, jude uh,
5: courtney okay and with nick castle
0: doing one scene
5: uh,
1: what I scene was what it? Like, it was a scene where he's looking at her from the the second floor the in the
0: mirror the mirror that was him yeah is that him and and he did the breathing too i think anytime you hear the breathing. i have a question you, though uh, what a, what a wow over-hype. you want to
1: talk about hyping the shit out of that by the way i mean we, yeah. we actually discovered a couple months ago how it really is just more of like a passing of the torch he's not in that much of the movie but man they really went all out saying that it was nick castle's back and I would have rather break. have just gotten Dick Warlock to come back and do it. Uh, absolutely, he's still working too, I believe. So, anyway, but go ahead, Dan. What are you saying?
5: Well,
0: no, I, so I, I don't think this is right. I think this was misreported. I saw something. It was on Wikipedia first, and then it linked to. I want to say it was a Screen Rant article, or it was some. It, there was an article, but I don't think it's right. They were saying in all the scenes where he didn't have the mask that it was Tony Moran playing him. That's nope, not true. That's right? not true. It's at James Corden. It's James, it, James right? Corden. Yeah. It's James Corden. And I, I actually, I actually really he he had this, like, kind of scowl on his face that you never fully see, and I actually really enjoyed that. I actually liked him before he got the mask uh, Here, Here's uh, a
5: question. Did anyone see that his eye looked messed up from... Yes. Um, oh, definitely. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, and they, you, they, and you they only focused the, uh, on the
1: left side of his face when they were ever shown without well, his mask on, which I liked.
0: You can, you can see the hole in his... The, he has a, scar, a star-shaped scar in his neck, too, I, from the...
1: Something so I have got to point out, which I've been dying to talk to you guys about, yeah. is that I, I kept seeing... <laughs> If you Google David Gilmour twenty eighteen, yeah, I agree. He looks just like Michael Myers yeah. with his mask off now. So all <laughs> I can keep seeing, imagining, like Michael in the cell at night, like like doing some Holy riffs. Shit, you're right. Am I right? Wow. Yeah, people who are totally familiar, right David Gilmour is the, is the guitarist of Pink Floyd, and look at him now in twenty eighteen. It looks just. I kept waiting for him to turn around and just start singing High Hopes or something like that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I can we just imagine Jammy. He's like a loud one acoustic guitar in his cell at night. He's in there playing, you know, <laughs> Fat Old Son. From the a-
2: fat Old Son. I'm
1: doing like some Dennis Miller riff. Like She's out there playing 70s Adam Hart Mother with a fat old well, son with the
2: a lead off bridge, babe. Well, <laughs> that first, that, that last sequence. Um... Uh, the chase sequence uh, through the woods when the when the uh, the daughters run uh, the granddaughters are running they did originally have blue light playing in there from David Gilmore. <laughs> wow, second we're album. going the about
1: <laughs> face. Gilmore's uh, sophomore solo album, of course. Uh, great song. Uh, I all, of you, course, all you Halloween fans are huge Pink Floyd fans. So well, you know about I,
2: I gotta um, say, I really did. I really, if there's one good thing about this movie that I could consistently say I liked was Michael Myers. I thought that he mm-hmm. did a really good job as Michael. We did talk about how there was a sequence where we felt like he was moving a little too fast. And if you're moving faster than you did in the original movie, but you're 40 years older, it doesn't quite work for me. Uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, for the most part, they got the mask right. He had the gate right. I felt like mm. I never felt like that's not Michael. Like, it really did feel like Michael Myers to me. Um, and, yeah, and of yeah, course, I, 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 I dug him.
1: The mask is 50%. You know, and, and the mask oh, did look great. It, it felt weathered in a way that worked as opposed to, you know, the Rob Zombie ones where it just, I, I can't explain. That's a whole but other just episode. Like
2: the way that he moved bodies, the way that he, he, there was never something that just didn't, that felt out of character for him. In my opinion, I, it seemed like this is Michael, you know, he's, he's, he's back. He's <laughs> back
1: with a vengeance. And this time, but this time we're ready as Bo Star once said in the Halloween five uh, teaser.
5: I guess my problem is, is that I thought they showed too much of them. Yeah, one of the things that they stressed leading up to this film for so long was, oh yeah, we're bringing them back into the shadows. And I felt like there was there was very little of that here, and there was like sections of it where I thought it was. I mean, we've been harping on it so much, but this really does feel like Halloween too, because even just the way he's moved and presented in the background is so similar to Halloween. Oh yeah, two. where you
2: see him on the monitors, mm-hmm. you see him walking around the corner, you see him, in you know, with the babies in the yeah. other room. Yeah, you know? and
5: then like when he's walking on the side of the house, in this one is very similar to like Halloween too. Granted, like, I like, just, like that stuff. You know, I do too, but yeah. it
2: is absolutely like Halloween too. Yeah, and, you know, going back to the original. I, um, I I
1: don't know if it's still a hot take, but I still think that my favorite shape is actually Dick Warlock. Oh great. Halloween 2. Uh, I think type. Halloween's a superior movie, obviously, but I think that when I, yeah. I get freaked out by any image of Michael Myers or any nightmares, it's always that kind of more of a weathered look to the to the mask, which it was, I guess, a couple of years later. So yeah. well, he's more a mechanical in that. Yeah, it just that you seems know? like a real that movie. Just Halloween Two seems really dark too mm-hmm. in the hospital. Even yeah. Though, Anyway, that's a whole other. Listen to our uh, second episode on Halloween two for more uh, for more praise. Um,
5: but I thought it was fine. I thought the Nick Castle thing was kind of bullshit. That agreed, drizzled up the whole this whole
1: time yeah, and it they just didn't that do anything. That was total promo bullshit. Um, they should they should feel shame.
5: have that should
1: have been, even... been more of like a PJ Souls cameo thing. Like, oh that you know, hey, don't tell anybody, but that's actually Nick Castle. Yeah. on the second yeah. floor. That'd be a fun thing to look back on. But man, they were hyping that forever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I get that. Like, I get that he, you know, just given his age and he's not a professional stuntman. I get that he can't do a lot of the action stuff. But why not have him play Michael when he like walks along the side of the house? I you know, agree. like why? Th- th- there, there are other parts I think you can insert him where it it won't affect the safety of, of the production. Or
2: hey, how about the entire opening sequence where he's just like himself? Yeah, we don't ever see his face, but he couldn't just be standing there. Like we couldn't give him that ceremony at least. I don't uh, know. It's just weird.
1: I'll say that. For all the things we're saying about the movie, uh, this is probably the, the third best Michael, or the third best shape.
5: Yeah, I'd probably put him his fourth. We think so. You think else? We. Dick know. Warlock is one, Nick yeah. Castle two, and uh, Wilbur from
1: six is uh, three. Wilbur is actually, yeah, really good in that six. I I guess, you know what the, the sucks is that, God, that mask. If it was a different mask in the fourth one, I think that would be a whole other story, too. But I know. anyway, I do but like he's, Wilbur. But he's a lot. so good in part
5: six. Yeah.
1: And the more I think about it, like,
5: God, they. Especially watching this one, it's unreal how convoluted and crazy sixes feels like such a more simple film to me <laughs> than this one. I was thinking
1: about the same thing. I mean, obviously like, they had to reshoot the entire ending and everything else, but I feel like everything leading up to the last like eight minutes felt like it's a, like, a, like a like a through line, like mm-hmm. like like a narrative that was going to a specific point. Whereas once again, this one. You start throwing in all these things, yep. and then things just get dismissed after five or ten minutes. And it's you're sitting run there like, "Why are you doing this?" I don't know, that's I a, know, whatever. Well, we'll, get, we'll keep talking about the characters here, but but yeah, so, I don't uh, want, uh, Myers, Yeah, I think we uh, you know? we're we're on board. Yeah, for the most part with this uh, with this portfolio, and I would have if they did another one, bring him back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: sure, bring him back. Don't have some because I feel like it, it would be really strange to have a guy who's sixty and all of a sudden now have a stuntman who's like thirty doing yeah. it. You know, I think you have to stick with the old man Myers now. Yeah. Um. Old Dan Myers. Any final Any final words on old man Myers?
0: And uh, no, I just want to say I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Oh really like yeah. are the oh, Sorry. A little, little Losers Club bit. <laughs> a little, a little, yeah. little losers Club. You should bit. listen to the Losers Club, there.
1: a Stephen King podcast. Hey,
0: I'm all about the nods. You got to nod, nod, to the past. You know, you got to have those homages. That's all, the only thing that makes something good. So absolutely. I, had to do
1: it. I feel like we have to live in reference for the rest of our lives
4: um you guys you know it's been nicer lately and in wisconsin you never quite know when winter is going to be in but it's been nice for like four days in a row and i'm like if sunnier days are coming it's time to fuel up and so i'm going back to my factor meals that no prep no mess i want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach you've got options like calorie smart protein plus keto Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved, guys. And here's the big thing for me: keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible. Two minutes, and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are; you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always going to have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want. It's effortless, guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to FactorMeals.com/badmovies50 and use code BadMovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus. 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
1: Speaking of references, let me make a big star reference. There's a song called September Girls. Let's go.
4: Babysitting The only reason she babysits is to have oh, a place shit. To... I have a place for that.
0: I forgot my chemistry book.
1: Okay, so Mike, have so you pulled okay. the IMDb page? Because there's a lot of women. There's a lot of there's a lot of buds and
2: bobs. Are we going to start with the uh, the number one female in this? Yeah, I think. I mean,
5: we, we should, have yeah. we the three Lord. principal Strodes. We, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode. Let's,
1: let's 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 start at the top.
5: All right, Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode. Uh,
1: good performance. I have no real problems with the performance. I have problems with the structure of mm-hmm. of her character. I think that they should have really doubled down more on the sadness that you feel in the first half as opposed to all of a sudden having her... It, this also kind of ties into the daughter character where the relationships of this movie are so rushed. Yes. And there's no pacing there. And it reminded me... And again, this, these are from people who have written comedy and drama really well for like the last almost 20 years in and, and, yeah. and McBride and especially with David Gordon Green. Especially with drama. So I felt like the drama would at least be here, like mm-hmm. the things you see in George Washington, those earlier, even Prince Avalanche, for Christ's sake, you know. Mm-hmm. But it felt like this was ghost written by yeah. some algorithm, yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and maybe <laughs> look, like, it's so... like the the, inter, the interchange between the two of them. It reminded me of that great quote about somebody who had seen Southland Tales. Yeah. and said that it felt like had they said had um, Richard Kelly had never met a human being being, (laughs) or something like that. Some of it felt like that in the second half where things started getting out of control and we were, we were, we were racing to the finish. So now we had to make sure that, that the, that the families were okay again. Like, I love you, mom. I love you. I love you too. I'm sorry. You know, like we don't need to have all these, we get it. We
2: don't need to have those listings tied up. Yeah. We we get it. We understand the situation has gone to shit and crazy. We didn't need to have them all like reconcile. Like, I, I don't know. I, like I agree with you. I think that the that Jamie's before, Jamie, Jamie, yeah, Jamie. Yeah, I want to say Lori now. Jamie's performance in the movie I thought was really good, but it was to, there were moments where I felt like she was in a different movie than um uh Judy Greer, like like she was playing it on this level of seriousness, and it's and it's because she's she is in the in in a sense like I'm worried about Michael and all that stuff. But the way that the the interplay between those two characters, I never, it just kind of kept pulling me out of it. It was like someone trying to tell her that she's not in the movie she's in. I don't know. It just felt weird. I did like all of the interplay between her and her granddaughter, though. I thought that really worked. So part of me just felt like, why is her daughter even in this? Why couldn't it have just been like her trying to reunite with her granddaughter who's still around? Um, Maybe the mother died or something at childbirth. I I don't know. Whatever. I, I just wish there was more focus and less characters being introduced in this so that we could actually create some real relationships because it would have been cool to see Jamie pass the torch off to the granddaughter, well, which ultimately I think is what's going to happen. In the perfect
1: world, it would have just been the focus on the, the grandmother, daughter, and granddaughter. Mm-hmm. But we we have to make sure there's a body count. We have to introduce these cops. We've got to introduce the podcasters. We've got to introduce the 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 douchebag friend we you know, we got introduced her could baby do all that though beginning
5: and with and fo- with the focus still being on yeah, those three but and and that's my problem with this film is that it felt you know we we went over the pre production and about how they had so many different scripts and everything it this film feels as if they were like you know in like <laughs> you know in like the holidays when you get those huge tubs of popcorn. And then some of them are divided. Caramel. And you have like caramel in one yeah. corner, and then you have regular cheese, and then you have like the um, whatever the other one is, or plain. This felt like. Somebody had taken three screenplays and tried to like film them all at once. But they did not taste as good as. Yeah, then they, and <laughs> all together, it's just not. It does, there's no. There's no Garrett's popcorn yeah. here. Oh, but for me, it was Mr. Garrett from Halloween? Yeah, Mr. Garrett. but for me, it was. I don't feel like Jamie Lee Curtis had anything to work with here. I thought that she might. I thought she was given like little teases, mm-hmm. but they played up the whole aesthetic of her being this badass to the point of not actually earning it. You know, like some of it, some of it was so leaning on source material that you couldn't actually build upon it, you know, like, whereas with H2O, which, hey, look, for all the faults that that movie has, especially with pacing, I don't think that i never, when we talked about this in the H2O episode, it's like, I actually, my favorite part of that film is the arc with her and Adam Markin. Yeah. And I thought that that was a very adult storyline that manages to talk about um, addiction and, and trauma and and a lot of the, the the psychological pain that you go through when you've had these, you know, in an assault or, you know, some sort of incident. And with this, it, it felt as if they were, it was so already inherent that you didn't, they, you never really earned it from me. It was just like, okay, well, I guess we're already applying that. She's a badass because we're always, we're already being told that. And we have a huge, we have a few montage shots of her shooting things there and there, but it never, I just don't really get the sense that she was, I mean there there're definitely some really great shots of her like when she's outside the the sanitarium she's screaming right. and stuff like that but I never get that feeling of like she's actually struggling like I just get this this, this feeling of just like oh we we're supposed to know that she is because we've seen the first one and as someone who's had a mother that has dealt with addiction and especially you know alcoholism and having certain embarrassing moments like the the, the sequence that happens at uh, the, 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 the restaurant, library, the, the, restaurant yeah. the Olive Garden or whatever the fuck they're That at. seemed extremely
1: rushed too. There was like no... So rushed. There, no, there should and, have been some more patience in yes, that scene too. Yes, and, and like if someone was, had yeah. multiple
5: oh my God, I can't even count the many times that it has happened where there's been awkward situations. It doesn't last three minutes. It lasts like 45 minutes yeah. to an hour. And it is so, that, that whole sequence is like, they actually spend more time with them bullshitting about random shit than her when she's actually sitting down talking with all the characters and she comes in late. And it's like, wait, no, this is your chance to fucking build these three characters. Like, why are you go? why are you moving past again, this so build, soon?
2: They build on the granddaughter and her boyfriend more and then the boyfriend disappears. disappears.
1: You know what? I'm uh, thinking about the movie Krisha for a couple of years now. Yeah. I wish it had been like Krisha, but yes. a full on horror movie. Like this yeah. just really uncomfortable relationships between her and her daughter and granddaughter. Really, really well, focus on that and then have it become a, a straight up But she has to movie. save, you know, I, she, almost, yeah.
0: I almost wondered the whole time uh, to that point. Like, All the reviews keep saying, right? Oh, well, the the point is to get to that final showdown, which I would agree with. Like, that's where the real money is. I almost wondered the entire time. Like, man, what if Michael didn't get out until, like, the very end of the movie? You know what I mean? Like, I would have rather watched really good character development and work between all those characters. And then the only thing we see is maybe a couple murders in the showdown. Like, I I actually would have loved that. I mean, they're not going to do that, right? Like, who? No, you you
1: can't. You got to make your money off the, the, the general audiences, too.
2: Yeah, you can't. But, yeah, I... Again, this is a my, my all right. Just to sidetrack for one second, I think that this movie would have worked a lot better if it was like the invitation, yes. where where it was. Yeah. It's Jamie Lee coming back for her granddaughter's graduation, and then but it's Halloween happens to be on how around halloween or whatever it is i don't know Uh, you know well she's coming back for her award she uh, got the the award Award award, so she comes back in october for some reason by the way why did she get that in october i don't know she's dealing with the fact that it's it's halloween and and she's like well she's not going to come she's not going to come because it's halloween and then she does come and she's trying to get through it but she's having these breakdowns and she's seeing these things or we see things on the news that are happening and you're like, oh, Michael might be out there. And then he does show up. Because that way you at least are developing and you're doing something new and it's interesting. Yeah, um, Yeah, they, I thought that scene was really rushed too because it could have been some really good moments because almost down to the point where when she does break down at the dinner table, I thought she was faking it at first. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just kind of like doing oh, it you to piss me. off her daughter. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, this is real. I I don't know. It like some of those moments really worked for me. I I liked the fact that the granddaughter was connecting with her a lot, and that she had this kind of, you know, she was calling her outside of her mom and stuff like that. But they didn't do enough of that stuff because we had to keep cutting to like other bullshit with the doctor and stuff like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll obviously be talking about Jamie Lee Curtis' character of Lori Strode throughout the rest of the podcast. But Mike, the next character played by Judy Greer, her name is Karen. Karen. Karen, uh, named after, of course, Mac and I, our mother. That's right. Deliberately named after our mother, <laughs> Karen Greer. Um, I say Karen Carpenter. Judy no, Greer, good... I, I love Judy Greer. Once again, this is one of those characters, one of those actors where i have never like, you know, I wish Judy Greer wasn't in this, you know. But it, here's another thing, another example of just rushed character development where we've yeah. got that sequence of her having flashbacks about living in the house mm-hmm. and learning all this stuff. And then we cut to some other random scene of violence. And then we're like, it's, I feel like a lot of those were just absolute convenient shots to Mm -hmm. quote unquote build up to the finale that is inevitably going to come. Like, did anybody have any question that they were all going to get together and band together at the end? Yeah. And do we have to have those flashback sequences? I'm telling you, there's a story in there. If you just focused on one story and, and, and kind of stretched out the pacing a little bit, then you could have had a much stronger movie. But again, there's just too much going on. There's not enough time to develop these characters because we've got five other plot lines to deal with. Yeah.
5: And that ultimately is why when we walked out of this film, I was like, man, our uh, Buds and Bobs and September Girls uh, sections are going to be short Jesus. because I don't remember anyone in this.
1: Yeah. That's going to be another example of like, just who got, we we'll have to get like the kill list, I think, because I, I you, know, I'm, gonna be gonna forget, yeah. you know, we're never going to forget. You know, we're going to forget. Like, this makes Halloween five look like Halloween in terms of like the yeah. body count, you mm-hmm. know?
2: I don't have a lot to say about Judy Greer, except that I I generally like her. I don't think she's given a lot to do in this, but complain about her mom. And then that's been her
1: problem. Last few movies she's been in too. It's like the Ant-Man movies. Like, what's she doing? These Ant-Man movies. She's she's great, but but she doesn't really do a lot. You know, like
2: give her more stuff to do. But I
5: was going to ask this. Like, everyone always says I love Judy Greer. But in what, though? I don't know. Let's go through Arrested, the rest. The rest of development. She's great in Arrested, Arrested, Arrested Development. No, no, no. She's great in Arrested Development. I I'm love her on, as her voice in Archer. Yeah, I love her on Archer. You know, and I love her action that she does behind the scenes for all the, the Apes films. But like,
0: well, I, the the thing I've always heard about Judy Greer is that she's a really good actress in a welcome presence, but that she gets underused. So in something like Jurassic World, for instance, like well, she probably could have, she could have made that movie a lot better. Honestly, if she was in the Bryce Dallas Howard role. It probably could have been a better movie, you know. And, Dan, and so, but but, but it's funny because in, in the reviews I've been reading for this are like, "Oh, well, she finally gets a ton of stuff to do." But no. I was you know, I do really. <laughs> Yeah. I know. Dan,
2: Dan, and and this is uh this is some news. I'm breaking some news right now. Her name in Jurassic World is also Karen. Oh, wow. maybe it's a universe. Shared universe. Shared universe. <laughs> Shared universe. <laughs> <laughs> Blue and Michael team up in the next one. They're actually good guys. Yeah. I, I
5: I thought that. I would have just preferred to have an older daughter instead of having to appeal to this like teenager thing again and just have these three generations. I mean, I get it. it's a, it's an interesting conceit, but Karen's like just kind of written off. She's kind of like the Jan Brady here, who's just
1: I feel she does just exist
5: to connect to the granddaughter. Exactly, you know, yeah. Well, that's I mean, why I,
2: I felt like if we had if we had been able to somehow cut her out of the movie, like again, I you know, I hate to use this as a trope, but like something happens to her, she's she's already dead. Or she was in the car accident or something. And then so it's just the granddaughter and yeah. Jamie having... I would have liked that, yeah. Ha- uh, or Lori having a relationship. And then you could still have, like, her... Like, the father maybe was still around and still be Toby Huss. But they have, like, a, a you know... Basically, he's the same exact character. Because I, I didn't mind that character at all. But, um, yeah, it is it, it just... I don't think that she really brought anything to it except for complicating it more. Because I think it would have been really... It would have been much more entertaining to see just jamie lee and then the the young girl allison um like teaming up at the end mm-hmm. because because that is a believable like passing of the torch and then mm-hmm. i'm and then i'm on board for another movie with like a younger with like now it's following allison even if it is isn't the situation where it's that he's following them because they're related but if it's still in haddonfield see that's the problem with these movies and now the sequels and things is that if you don't have them related and he's just a killer on a killing spree, why does he keep going back to Haddonfield? Why does he keep going after the, you know why are these people still involved? Why don't they just move well, out yeah, of Haddonfield? Why don't they just move yeah. out of Haddonfield? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like yeah. it, it just seems silly. But Well, that's if, why I don't really
5: think that you have to that's why I'm like my ideal Halloween two would be he didn't even go after Laurie. you just follow well, you my, just follow Gary Hunt and, and Dr. Loomis the entire night and he's yeah. stalking another group of kids. Well that's my thing. my
2: ideal like my idea and what I thought and and kind of wanted it to be was that he just keeps he just wants to keep recreating the murder of his sister. Uh-huh. That's the only reason you need him to a be in Haddonfield and b be going after after women after babysitters people the same age as what his, his sister was. That's the only reason you need to do that. You still could have had Jamie there like and then bump into him and like try to go after him, but you don't. They didn't need to be why he's there, and you don't need to connect it now to the to Allison. It could just be again he shows up in another town. Or in Haddonfield again, and you know, yeah. But so, so Judy Greer,
1: yeah. So Judy Greer passed for me. All right, next, Andy Matuschak <laughs> as Allison. Hey, uh, this is her first feature film. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, I thought she was. She seemed pretty natural to me. I guess I think. Yeah, she was bad. I thought she was pretty good for me.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, no. i I actually really Did like. You. I actually really liked her on the pod. I thought that she was good. Uh I think that. um Did I say I liked her on the pod? Yeah, I'm losing my mind. It'd be yeah. I was like, wait, do we interview? Great if she had. If we had her here on the podcast right now. No, I liked her in the movie. I again, I was more interested in her character and developing that new character, especially if they're going to continue the franchise with this character, which is what I hope they're doing. Because otherwise, why even introduce this character? But I didn't like the fact that she's scared of mannequins.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Let's talk about that sequence. What to, the, the hell Americans was that? I don't
0: know. The mannequins are not an issue. When she,
1: I, I, Dan, when she runs into the field of mannequins, she starts screaming all over the place, and then it just cuts to the neck. I don't because, know. I don't know. I, don't I, know. know. I thought she, that was she dumb. saw a guy
0: I, get his head stomped. She, or she, well, maybe she wasn't there for that. But, but the, yeah, way
1: that the way that he shoots it, it looks like they're trying to re, recapture Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. The, the reason oh, that oh this me is about because
0: I, I think like, if you're in the throes of being chased by a madman, you're just maybe not in a great state of my, my whole problem with that whole sequence in general is and we'll get we'll get to that when we, when we talk about the doctor but that has been like a universally panned sequence and the excuse everyone keeps making is like oh well they had to get they had to get the strode women and michael in the same place somehow and i'm like you know what? i would have just bought if they all huddled up at that house to escape from michael and he just showed up like i don't need all this like chasing through the yeah, woods. Yeah, it's Michael like, Myers just
1: going to just naturally show, show places. up places. I don't need yeah, the
0: sure escort. There, I'm sure there have been reports on Laurie that show where she li- Like, I don't need to but know. again,
2: they, like, there's the no album. importance. The reason they had to shoehorn in all this other shit is because he's not there to go after Laurie. And the only reason that he goes, he finds Laurie at the end of the movie is because he happens to be in the same car with that girl and then chases Allison through the woods to the house. He... he if that hadn't happened, he wasn't going after Lori. He would have just stayed in Haddonfield and been like killing people. But they have to shoot they have to like literally lead him on on a, a leash to that house. It's, well if you
5: wanted the fun game you know, if they wanted to have this fun house in here, my ideal situation would have been and again, I didn't even want any of this shit. I did, it would've just been nice if Lori was just this kind of, you know. She could handle it like on She could handle it with yeah, yeah. anything. It doesn't need this fucking crazy ass Resident Evil style house. Um, Would have been great as if she introduces the she shows the whole house to like the podcaster, so you get an idea of what this is. And instead of doing the whole Beverly Hills Cops callback, it never goes back to the house, and she has to fight them in the neighborhood or something like that, or like you know throughout the neighborhood, or they have to go back and forth. And you just she all this this whole like false city, you know this kind of like false sense of safety for her to have this house just she realized that she doesn't even need it like she could just you know she just has to fight it her own and it would have been far more believable than the 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 insanity that we got when they're in the house and you just have these well he's not in this room so let me hit the fucking door and this thing can close just like you would if you're playing a video game and you'd mentally do that in your head it just was so ludicrous to me and like and it was made even more ludicrous but the point you just made is just that they you could literally see them pushing the characters to this house and it was just like uh, and and that that made the the narrative that much more maddening and it made the movie that much more longer like you didn't even have to be this long but you did because you needed this 20 fucking minute sequence that sets up the doctor and then why the doctor is pushing him and then all this betrayal and
2: so allison what'd you think (laughs) Uh, again, <laughs> I, I thought
5: she was just there To to be the necessary yeah. uh, demographic That you needed for this
1: movie Yeah. So, Don't Dan, check, Dan check your text if you haven't already But what I wanted to also talk about Oh wait,
2: are you moving on? No, I'm not
1: moving on yet Okay, go ahead But what I want to say What's kind of bouncing off of all that is You know, Curse Michael Myers is, is crazy Because it has to, adhe- has to adhere to the movies before it Because it's a sequel And it's paying tribute to the timeline Five is the same way Four is the same way Even two to an extent is the same way if you are once again bragging about having the ability to do whatever you want yeah. to do, you can do whatever you want to do. Anything in the last 40 years is free reign. And you decide to do all of these crazy things and they don't work, then you fucking blew it. You blew it. The the doctor storyline is absolutely pointless, by the mm-hmm. way. It's so pointless, and it's just there to get them to a house, yes. essentially. Like I think that you could have worked out anything else to get them to a house to begin with, okay? And just all these other storylines, like you had, you could do whatever you wanted to do. You could do whatever you wanted to do. You've got these people who have been acclaimed for decades now, and this is what you come up with. Well, it's the you definition of insanity? It.
5: Doing the same thing over, over, and, over and over again, expecting yeah. different results. That's what they do with this. They expected to do to, to be, you know, the man in black thing. It didn't really work out for Dominic Ethan uh, and Gerard, or whatever. Ethan o- and Gerard, and, and it Dominic didn't work Clothin out Gir- for Joe
1: Chappelle. Maybe it'll work out for us. Yeah, now, hold on. Before, oh, by the way, the man in black, there is a cameo of the man in black in this. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I don't know if it's deliberate, but um, when they're showing that quick montage right before Michael runs into the kids trick or treating, somebody sets off a firecracker, and it's a guy who's like dressed just like the man in black. Oh, uh, that's okay. funny. Uh, okay. now, I just want to point that out.
2: Before we move on to the Buzz and Bobs, and all no, we're stuff. not the Buzz and Bobs oh, Yeah, I know, I know, but we're already talking about some of that stuff. I think that uh, with back with Allison, there was one thing that I thought was subtle, and I thought that they were going to try to do, which I kind of appreciated and kind of liked. If we're creating her as the new uh, Laurie Strode, was her outfit? Do you guys notice that?
5: Yeah, they did the the inverse. Oh well, uh, no, no. So so her Bonnie
2: and Clyde outfit, she's wearing like high waisted, like. Like pants that look like the bell-bottom jeans that she had in the in the original film. She's wearing a blue shirt under mm-hmm. the stri- so I thought at one point she was going to lose the suspenders and she was basically going to look a lot like Jamie Lee in that first movie uh. and I thought that that would have been kind of a cool little like passing of the tor- subtle passing of the torch again.
3: Yeah.
0: I but hope they, in the next they, movie But they didn't see, really do it. I hope in the next movie Jamie Lee Curtis just tells her you're the new Laurie. <laughs> 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 So you're well, the new
2: Lori. we'll see if Jamie Lee shows up in another Halloween movie. Um, she was really adamant about not doing that and having her storyline be um, having ended, and now she's still alive and still out there, so I don't know. I'm really confused, but Let's move on to the next character here. <laughs> yeah. Are we talking about who I think we we're going to talk
1: about? A good friend of mine. Great spelling, by the way. Ryan Reese is Dana Haynes, one of the podcasters. Her name is spelled R-H-I-A-N.
0: Um, I, I, I I'm going to name my daughter
1: that, actually. Ryan Gerber. She,
0: should we just I know we're not in buds and bobs, should we just talk about both of the podcasters? I feel like it's hard. I, I don't know, do you guys have separate feelings I about think, both? Of I think or? we can
1: make a, a strict exception to our normal really? laws of podcasts yeah. and, and this has been already they are a pretty sloppy episode,
2: so we might as well just yeah. go all in. Yeah. There
1: okay. are a couple, you know, it's it's hard to separate those two. They're in every scene together essentially. So if mm-hmm. we're talking
2: about right. this character, Ryan's character, yes. um what's her name again? Dana, her name Haynes. Dana Haynes. Dana Haynes. Dana Haynes. Uh now, Okay. So both of these characters, I'll just say, I didn't think that they're bad actors at all. I, I liked them in general. I think even though I was really apprehensive to the podcast idea, I think after watching it, I was like, yeah, I can get on board with them being characters or this following them, but I, but their, their motives and everything are just all over the place because it seemed like they're really interested in what was really confusing to me. It was, so if Michael had killed these five people, Mm-hmm. with that mask on mm-hmm. and then been been in jail for 40 years. And it seems like no one in town and the town doesn't seem very affected after 40 years. They're still doing Halloween. No one seems to recognize the Michael Myers mask while he's walking around as being the mask that this mass murderer wore 40 years before. So obviously that hasn't been popularized. Why are they so interested in this man? Haven't, aren't there so many, how many other cases of, pe- of maybe five people being killed i don't know I, that seems strange to me it seems strange that the one podcaster seemed hell-bent on just like getting a reaction out of him whereas dana seemed like to be humanizing the character and and, and by the way
1: jefferson but, hall plays aaron Corey. that's the other okay podcaster.
2: aaron Corey. yeah so i was like well they both seem to be coming at this like totally different angles which i guess if you're you know some podcasts do do that they have opposing ideas opposing uh ideals I guess or whatever um to make it interesting and make an argument I guess
1: I, I came again to the but... the psycho the psychology between these two podcasters are just they're just there to Provoke Michael and again the breakout yeah. to prison and kill him they're, in the gas station.
5: They're there for literally every other character other than Laurie and Michael Myers. Yeah, they are there to serve the beam. Yeah, that, yeah. That yeah just I get it. So seriously though, yeah. There's so, not one fucking character in this entire movie that is independent that does that operates on its on their own and oh. it serves another purpose other than just to fucking funnel the story between Myers and Laurie. Yeah.
2: Yep. Well, here's another thing too, which I, we didn't mention is the they literally recreate the visiting Judith Myers' grave scene as well. Yeah. Yep. Where we get why do the they same, do it? Yeah, exactly. We get the I was same thing there. And yeah, it's creepy to have Michael like hiding behind a tree. But you know what? Michael hides behind trees in part five too, and that movie's shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Dan. Well, we we have <laughs> basically these two podcasters. I, in terms of acting, in terms of performance in the movie, I thought they were fine. You know, whatever they they they're doing, they're probably the most invested. It, it felt like it, at least Aaron Corey. Um and 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 that scene in the bathroom I thought was was intense you know yeah. like when they're both getting killed and stuff I didn't mind that I actually liked that because you know what it was kind I would I can't even say it's new because there was a bathroom sequence in H two O very similar you yep. know what I mean except you know the girl doesn't get killed or whatever but you know it just I don't know um, for me it didn't uh, didn't make or break the movie I thought the performances were fine I just felt like they weren't necessary to an extent
5: I got a one September girl that I, I would give them a little more credit to hmm. Virginia Gardner as Vicky, Allison's best friend. I thought Vicky, she's good, yeah, had yeah. more character than any other character, any any new
1: character that was. in this movie, another, other than Ray. That's another liked, example. though, Mike is we meet her for three minutes mm-hmm. and she's gone for forty five minutes. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, I forgot all about. I literally forgot oh, all about this character. Yeah.
2: sorry, I, I, you guys just all agree with me on that. Oh, the, we didn't else. talk about the podcast. I, I just want to make sure that everybody got to talk about it. If they, I mean, I, <laughs> I. Oh, I agree I, with you. 100%. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, that was my this, thing. Like, oh, yeah. I, on. <laughs> I just said
1: that they were just, they were fine. Like, like so many, like I said in the beginning, I said there weren't any performances. Well, there's one performance, but there weren't really any major performances I didn't like. It was just the story and the the way that it was told that I had the big problems yeah. with. But
0: anyway.
2: Dan, you, you felt the same No, already. I mean, I don't
0: know. The, the podcasters were in, once again, my favorite, like, Scare of the movie or my favorite sequence. I didn't. Yeah. I I like them as a framing device and a way to kind of catch everyone up to speed. It's like I said before, though. I think it would have worked better for me had they been in the movie longer because once because the, when they got dispatched so quickly, they just felt disposable. And you're like, wait, why yeah. why, why are they in this? You know. So yeah. so yeah. And and I, I'm I'll just say it once. I don't have to say it again for any of the the performances. I I didn't have any issue with any of the actual performances in the movie. It's all right. writing. In development. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, yeah. Honestly, even maybe you guys feel different. Even the doctor, the doctor, like i like, the guy's acting was fine. It was just fucking stupid. The, the I, whole idea of it. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah. So yeah, let's, but let's go, let's go to Vicky Cause I, I do agree that like, I wish the movie gave you more than just the baseline necessary to care about her. Cause I felt like they gave you just enough to care about her. And I would like to see more of her because I, her character is very endearing to me. I guess my
5: problem again is that, you know, I, uh which shouldn't be a problem considering this movie is nothing but like 90% homage and 10%, I wouldn't even call it ingenuity, but um, more just like a retro review. But they, for me, it's like we've seen babysitters and Michael stocking them again. Like, do, yeah. we, do we need to do this again? Like, my, and like as much as I enjoyed her character and I thought she actually had some sort of flavor and some, you know, some sort of, Energy to her It remind me a little bit of, like a mix between like Linda Vanderclock and and in uh, Annie Brackett, but
2: again it's like oh God like this is all we can do like but that's the problem Mike is that they've hinged it now if she's if he's not going after Laura because it's his sister they've hinged it on the idea of what is his point then and if it is what if he's if, just if, a if it is if but it doesn't quite make sense because the only person that the only people that he kills to get to Haddonfield in the first film are are people that he has to, like, to get the car or to break out of the prison, yeah. you know, or that prison, the, the, the sanitarium. You know, once he gets there, though he he legit really he just stalks these babysitters. So if he's a babysitter killer, which is very that's uh, something that, that there is something like that out there. Yeah, know those no, that's like true. serial killers like that.
1: I mean, that was the original then, title of the movie. Was yeah, the
2: no, I, yeah, that that that, that, just, that is fun, That that's why they did that. But it doesn't make sense when he's killing every single person he runs across because then it's just like okay, well you're right, Mike. Why is he just killing? Why is he going after any of these people? Like, why are we doing this again? You right. Know?
5: Like, because I mean, the minute you see her and she's with the kid, you're like, oh, she's dead. She's going to die. Yeah, like,
1: thanks to the trailers, didn't do that any service.
5: Well, that is true. true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but I liked her. I, w- I do wish we had, we got more of her. Again, this is, this is the problem is, you know, had they not brought Jamie back and, and they just, if this was just Halloween and Haddonfield 40 years later and he breaks out, what was the point of bringing Jamie back? You know, I mean, it didn't need to be the Struds at all. If he really was just a babysitter well, killer, selling, uh, just business wise. Well, that's your I, selling I point. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, is that this movie could have worked on its own as just, and and they, then they could have hit those beats, those Halloween beats, if they wanted to. But even though they really didn't need to, because I felt like the strongest moments of this movie are the moments that weren't those beats. I have, uh, so like I my, have uh, it sounds like my
1: my uh, my my draft that I did on my script was just, just, I have just, just a back million, in town,
2: million dollar Still
5: idea, off. billion dollar idea that. Uh, or the way I would have uh, taken it, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do a little uh, nice. I'll, I'll give my uh, producer's cut pitch later on right, how I okay, should have done okay. this movie. So who's, who's next? Uh, That's mapping. it
2: for the, for the. That's it. Yeah. I is think that it's really like it for the?
4: The, uh, the ladies? Yes. ladies? Yes. Well, yeah. No.
2: No. No. There's uh, there's the uh, Tiger Girl at the dance. Ooh. Oh my <laughs> lord! There's
1: also Carmilla McNeil as sexy nurse. Ooh. Uh... Well, Kurt <laughs> Deemer as teller. By the way, Kurt Deemer as teller. All right. Well, I guess we're going to move on to our next category. We talked about earlier the great Leo Rossi. Um, let's reference him one more time. Buds and Bobs.
3: Amazing grace,
2: come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. I need your pie. Um, what the
0: number one Bud here? We've really got a lot
2: play? of it. we got a lot of I buds. think
1: the number one Bud, let's talk about him right, after, right, right away. How Luke Bilgener oh. as Dr. Sartain. Now, here's the thing. He looks familiar. Do you know why he looks familiar to me? Because he was in that... Really acclaimed movie, Winter, uh, Winter Light, or whatever it was called, a few years ago. Really acclaimed foreign film.
5: Winter Sleep? Uh, Winter
1: Sleep, yes. H- hugely acclaimed foreign it film. It won the
5: Pandora. Yeah. Okay. supposed
1: to be great. It's like three hours long. I never saw it. But it's he, he looks so familiar, because I remember like all the awards ramp up to this, and like end of year lists, and I kept sure. recognizing his face. He was
5: in a 1993 episode of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. He played uh, Colonel Ismet Bey in uh, right. Palestine- October 1917, so oh. that's how I know him, I guess. Of course, um, 25 years anniversary. Yeah. And here's why I don't want to know him, uh, because he's an absolutely useless character. The whole concept of even trying to make another Loomis is ridiculous to me when you actually already have Laurie to embody that spirit to begin with. You don't need to go into any sort of mythology because that was the reason why the whole fucking movie series and franchise and everything about Halloween went downhill because you're trying to explain what doesn't need to be explained. And then you he's just not good yeah. this is the out of all these when you realize we're all talking about ah, the performances are bad i legit thought he was awful in this. yeah i felt he was like johnny depp and tusk the, like yeah i, yeah, I, I, I could see that uh, was, I, yeah it's yeah. just i mean not of, as bad obviously just but just uh, because
2: of the accent the scene when he's in the car talking to yes. the sheriff i did i did half think this is kind of like that character from tusk <laughs> but not obviously not as silly and ridiculous well, the idea and plot line for oh. him is ridiculous. H- him putting on a mask? And so oh, my God. right, right oh out God. the gate, when we first see him, and he has the pen with the skeleton on it, <laughs> and they focus on that, I thought, well, that's going to come back. And then uh, when he's showing Mike, when he's talking about Michael, and he's talking about the history, and he's talking about how he was a student of Loomis and all this stuff, there's that scene when the when the podcast guy pulls the mask out and he looks... Right before he does that, he looks at the doctor as if to get his permission to do it. And the doctor nods yes. Now, obviously, later on, we find out why because he's interested just as much as the podcast person to see if he can incite Mm -hmm. the inside of evil. But at the moment, we're like, what the fuck? Why would he ever let him do this? Why would anybody ever let anybody do this to a patient that's a trying to be recovered i don't know it just seemed ludicrous to me <laughs> uh, you would- and then later so that character though as we continue just anytime he shows up i feel like it's just there's like stomping on the brakes because we've got to like talk about you know why michael is who michael is which i thought was the whole point of this movie was to not put some kind of huge yeah. focus on him being this this evil presence and to just go back to basics and now they're saying, well, no, it, it, he is evil, and there is this whole interest in 40 years of studying him and all this shit. It just, it just seems so bizarre that they're right. overcomplicating it. A couple
1: it. things here. There, I remember one part before this whole revolution takes place where they're once again trying to do this comic relief. And I think the people in the theater I was in like, enjoyed the movie, they, they jumped and screamed at certain parts. But nobody laughed at any of the quote-unquote funny parts. And there's a moment where he's... All the cops are there, and the doctor's kind of sitting down. This is after I think he's recovered from the bus oh, and they yeah, say, yeah. "All right, well, don't move, don't go anywhere and the doctor just goes, "I'm not moving dead silence it was like it it was just be like a little funny moment, and like yeah. This who was who this character I, again?
0: Like oh you, my god, it was just. Do you guys think that? Because this is what I thought the second time, and I'm not, I'm not joking. The second time I saw the movie, I, w- I was like forgiving everything else until I got to that. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I even with him killing uh, Sheriff Hawkins and wanting to know more about Michael and blah blah blah, all of which is stupid. I think it, that that would have been easy. More easier to swallow had he not put on the mask. Like, that was the no, such a like goof, and they, yeah. I could have, I could have bought, I could have been, I could have forgiven him killing the de- the deputy, whatever. But it was when he put on that mask. It, yep. it was you no, know what it was. If we're talking that Was that an homage to when the little kid puts on yes. the mask at the beginning of <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie's? Yeah, that's a fucking like that yeah. mask does not look good on anyone except Michael Myers. Like and it, lo- it looks ridiculous. Looks like old man Myers. <laughs> and the idea
1: of that sequence is unforgivable enough, but. You know, how we always we, we were joking about the um, the producer's cut of Halloween. Yeah, and when they escort Michael into the back of the van, you know, and they there's really like a whole, oh, and yeah. oh, that, that's, that's, that's like weird. what that's like maybe two seconds long. Two seconds long. But this is like him lugging him in, putting yeah. him in the backseat of the police car, and you know, just kind of asleep. Which leads I, to another uh, totally
2: uh, unbelievable sequence where Michael comes to, can kill the person just to his right, and tries to kill the doctor because he recognizes him. Although clearly the doctor is the one that just. Like is letting him do it because no, then wants. it becomes like hero it's Myers so, in a way. So I don't confusing. Know. It, it, One the, that
0: the, also too like the, we we talked before. I, I actually did appreciate how we had so many off screen deaths. I actually like that about this movie, but that kind of loses all of its effect when 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 we then show literally probably the gore except for maybe Rob Zombie's Halloween too. I think this is probably the goriest death we get from a Halloween movie. So you're oh, kind of yeah. like, well, why why did you go to such lengths to be minimalistic with all this <laughs> other stuff when you're just going to show? Michael Myers literally stomp a guy's face so hard that his brain squirt out of his skull. Yeah, okay. it's insane. And, they, you know, again,
1: yeah. I love the Friday 13th movies, you know, and Jason does these extreme things all the time. It works for Friday 13th. I don't need superhero. No. Because like you said, Mike, he's basically just becoming Jason Voorhees in this as he becomes yeah. in a lot of the other sequels. So,
2: Oh, really quickly uh, yeah. with this Doctor, another thing that I thought was really confusing that they don't really say, but are we supposed to believe, what actually happens on the bus? Is it the doctor that breaks him out and then says Michael did it? I thought it if was that's the, doctor, the case, yeah. why did Michael go so far to kill the doctor instead of killing the the woman right next to him? Uh, and if it is the doctor that did it, then he would already know what it's like to feel to kill someone because he would have been the one that killed the guards. And wouldn't need to be doing that thing. Uh, at the end. So cool. it's, it's I think really he confusing. probably
1: un- took the handcuffs off of Michael and, and prompted him. Okay, I think that's cause, fine. Because a lot of the deaths fine. outside the van look too vicious mm-hmm. for that, it to be you're right. the right.
2: Yeah. So if that's the case, I can get on board with that. But I just, I thought that was really muddy. And I was like, well, if, if he's been trying, if, if this is his chance to break Michael out, then yeah, if he un- uncuffs him or whatever, then Michael just does it. But again, if Michael is as strong as he is in this film, how he was not able to break out of that sanitarium, which seems to be lower security because he's, he's being moved to this hellhole that's like maximum security and probably a nightmare, is just beyond.
1: Well, me. again, I think once again, the, 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 the reason I really have no issue with that is because it, he was triggered by that mask. Something I, about that just, set him off and just, remind him about forty years ago. That is that's the why basis he was as movie, docile that, just docile and everything else. I don't
2: buy that. I think that's so stupid. Well, it's stupid? I mean, but that the is literally is what they're saying. Dumb thing. You know? Because the mask is something that he just found in a fucking store in the first one. But that he was already stalking and broke out before that. I'll throw this so it out doesn't there. Doesn't make sense to me.
5: Is the Doctor twist here? Top three worst Halloween sequences of all time yes oh absolutely Ooh, no, yeah. i agree right absolutely. i mean especially I, I, I once again, the about build up, to the again
1: when you were talking about who is behind this movie and the build-up to this movie and the whole reason the movie exists and to have this sequence in here is absolutely ridiculous if this was somehow thrown into like halloween 4 yeah far more forgiving yes far more forgiving but i to have i, I it was now legit, is no even, sense even
5: after dan had already like kind of prompted me to be like all right like look There is a doctor in there that tries to act like Loomis, but it's it's fucking ridiculous, and it's not in a good way. I never, in a million years, would ever, 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 ever think that they would try to even come close to touching the Man in Black thing, and that is just was so baffling to me that I I I had like this weird sort of conflictive notion. While sitting in the theater, being like, I, "I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't want to watch this movie anymore. Yeah. I really don't want to watch this movie anymore. This is so stupid." Yeah. So when I was watching and it with
2: Mike, I he at this moment in the movie, he stirred in his seat in such a way that I thought he was w- going to walk out, <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't. I, I was, and we both we both sat there and just kind of cringingly were like, "I I can't believe we're watching this." Uh, so here's another thing too that would have been far more effective is if Michael's been in the system for forty years. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just been forgotten. No one's following this case except for these podcasters that are digging deep and stuff. Maybe he doesn't have a specific doctor that really knows yeah. the 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 the, um, the craziness of this of, of his you know insanity or whatever, and that that's why he's able to just be transferred so easily and, and slip out because people just time has just gone by and people just forgot. Well, there's kind of a hint of that
5: because when you, in Will Patton. Uh, Are we with, moving on as, to, as the Frank middle, to the next one? They're looking at, no, 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 no. But well, just we can to, just, though. I mean we can we yeah. could talk about it. yeah let's let's talk about yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll Frank a lot, a lot of buds but a lot there, of buds there, to there, get through. There's too. a tease to that because he looks at the sheet of all the the inmates that are were on that bus and he goes Michael Myers you remember Michael Myers right he killed you know five people in 78 mm-hmm. or whatever well he was there he says and he was there He was right. the, the person but, that makes but ev- sense. nobody else remembers it though and but that, that's kind of interesting yeah. i would yeah, love that i agree that and then
2: that also makes sense why people just don't don't say oh my god like here's this guy walking around the town in the mask cuz he would never think Forty because, years later, because no. I'm sorry would. if that mask, even if that mask is as popular as it should be in the case in which they're covering this thing and everything, you know they wouldn't have popularized so much where it would be sold massively in the I, town I in which this, those events happen. As yeah. somebody who's
1: right. a lot of podcast and true crime podcast, I don't think they were chasing the popularity of the Michael Myers case. I think they were probably chasing the fact that it was relatively obscure at this point. Like a lot of these true crime podcasts. No, like Serial. Like, like nobody knew murder. the whole ad yawn. Nobody right. knew that whole storyline, yeah. you know? Well, again... It was like they are doing, like, a Ted that, Bundy episode.
2: Yeah, okay. So then that makes sense. Yeah. But then... But, again, I wish there was no doctor sign. I wish that that doctor mm. didn't exist. Well, didn't I think we all agree that on that. All. You didn't need it at all. Because all you had to do is follow the sheriff. And maybe the sheriff comes to the point of maybe almost killing him. And then, hey, Michael gets to kill another sheriff. Yeah. You don't need the doctor.
1: Will Patton is... Is always the all star in like the Michael Bay '90s movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Another actor, always a good actor. I you know, but yeah. once again, I felt like he was just some cipher for Sheriff Brackett. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know it's funny. I feel like even though a Gary Hunt from Halloween Two was kind of the Brackett fill-in, I still felt there was like more of a character and the Gary Hunt character for yeah. Christ's sake than there was in this. This character is just literally just spouting off platitudes or. Reminding us of lines from the earlier Halloween movies. Now,
2: something that Mike mentioned when uh, during the movie when they introduced this character, are we supposed to believe that Hawkins is a direct reference to Stranger Things? I
5: has to be, right? I hope so. Oh, really? Think, I, I, yeah, think I, so. So. I think yeah, so. I think so. I think it's I think a direct it
2: reference to, and not just the popularity of Stranger Things, which honestly, whatever, because as we all know, we're all big Stranger Things heads here. Well, they're, wow. they're,
5: they're,
1: I think they're also referencing another show that references a lot of other things too. Which makes sense to
2: them, too, oh, yeah, with the, the Hawkins character. Yeah, but least there's been finesse with that show. Uh, I wish they did more of this character. I do too. I, yeah. I really I do. But that's again. I there's there's
1: five different storylines we're following. I feel like. Look, like I didn't point, even yeah. know
5: Toby Huss was in this movie. But before I knew that, Will Patton was the most exciting supporting cast member for me. Well, before you realized that Toby yeah, Huss is gonna be, in it, yeah, because he's like such a cool veteran actor. And I was like, fuck yes, they're casting people that are appropriate for this movie. They're not like casting these, hunks. Yeah, and like. You know? And that's that, that. was so great about the the addition of you know like like a Will Patton or a Toby Husses. You were gonna have that sort of adult character. The problem again with a lot of the characters, the problems in this is that there's just nothing to do with them. They just serve. Again, they serve the beam to keep
1: using that. Uh, you well, know. can we can we talk a little bit about Toby Huss here because. Yeah, I don't know, I think there's anything else to really say about Will Patton's character. I mean, I mean he Will, gets, yeah, he Patton, gets killed by scary. um, you know, he's the one the that
5: takes down Myers, uh, or he arrests Myers, uh, in '78. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so one that's, one that's the... his that's claim congr- to
1: fame. That's your congratulations on the character. Yeah,
5: um, he yeah. loves Toby the Back the Future pinball machine, which is great. We mentioned that well, before, of course. Though. So awesome.
1: Toby Hussu, we've talked about um in our general lives because we've we we've grown up with Toby Huss. He Love was Artie from the Pete and Pete series, and. Just absolutely murdered it. Murdered it on Holland Catch Fire. Amazing. Excellent. Given a lot to do on that show. The character arc was fucking great. Like the character arc, yeah. every one of those characters was really good I mean, on that he, show. You got this role because of Holland Catch Fire. I, I would hope. I, you know, I hope so. I hope he continues to get roles like I this. I do too. Because I hope he gets. I hope. My dream is like one day he gets an Academy Award for something. Oh my we God, man. And back amazing. and say, God, fucking.
2: Toby well, Huss got now, a cameo he's award. He's now the spokesperson for some some car line. Good. He he's probably getting paid millions of dollars. And oh, he is? should. He's, he's been yeah, great for yeah. decades now. So, <laughs> and, um, uh,
1: yeah. Again, from our introduction to him, fine scene. Sure, he's the husband. You know, the father. But he doesn't really do anything beyond being the husband and father. Like no, and, and, he... then,
0: and then they get that reference in of oh, he went to high school with Lonnie. Who is um, Oh Lonnie with the, the bullies? Boy, the boyfriend, the boyfriend's father. He's one of the bullies in the first Halloween. He's yeah. the one who who runs into Michael Myers, and then his son is uh, the boyfriend. I can't yes, remember his, so his name. Cameron. Cameron. We'll talk about later. Don't you think it yeah. would
2: have been a cool moment for him to see Michael and have that realization that that he's back or that you know, yeah, that yeah just, well, that's you mean, that's
1: for Lonnie to see him or something like that because Ray wasn't there, I don't think.
2: No, I mean, but would he knows. Right I'm sure he it, knows with the news about, in yeah. the town that he knows what Michael Myers looks like and and lived through the experience of that night. So, you know, I think it would just would have been a cool little realization that I don't know. I just I don't like the way he's killed. I don't like how they show it in the fucking trailer. I don't either. Um, Because you're just expecting it to happen, and then when it happens, it does. Now, if it was a mislead, like oh, maybe he doesn't actually get killed there. Maybe he comes back, and that would have been great. But that's the problem with this trailer. That's just me going into more problems. Well, it, he was like a it,
5: tragic character before you even saw the fucking exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah, us. but that's and, that's but marketing twenty eighteen. You know. I you will say,
3: everything.
5: to Toby Huss's credit, this guy fucking elevates the source material because well, there does. are some sto- there are some great little like offhand things that he does. Like I love when he's obsessed. Like he has this obsession with peanut butter. He has the thing that. I really love about his like taekwondo. He's like I know
1: taekwondo. You know, he's like, about it, butter, I got peanut butter on my dick or whatever he says. Yeah, there? or something like that. Yeah, like, can't this little things that are really funny, penis Like it's funny that
5: he de- that he has in there. That I I really cared for his character, and I and and as someone, I I kind of felt for him because he's like, all right, well I I do want to just maintain some normalcy with my family, and this you know nut bar, uh, Laurie Stroud keeps ruining that for me. Yeah, you know, so I did feel that, and I and and I like. That sort of relationship that he had with like Laurie and Ray, you know, like that he had with Laurie, that, that that kind of that, that kind of dynamic with them was was it was fun. No. It just wasn't built
0: upon enough again because one, no. so you know, I think out of all the supporting characters, he probably feels the most lived in and, yes. and stinked. But once again, it goes back to that death scene, and not even just because I feel like that doesn't do his character justice. Once again, that that death scene is literally. Hey, what are you guys doing? Michael Myers just step like steps out of nowhere. They don't even show where he's been hiding. Just wow. steps out and strangles him, and it just feels like there's no stalking, there's no lead up. And I agree with Mac. Like it would have been cool if we could have had a chase or had had him recognize it or something. It's also weird too that like he gets killed and Judy Greer knows he's dead. Like there's kind of like no, no attention paid. It's like your husband is dead, and uh, I, I don't know. The whole thing just feels very disposable, you know. So yeah, I, don't, yeah. I
2: I feel like he's. I mean, he he feels lived in, but I think that's just that's just the kind of character that he always kind of plays, because I don't feel like he gets a lot more than like what Judy Greer gets in this movie. It's just a yeah, lot like, it's true, hey, yeah. you, well, I have you, a question. Leave, you need to leave the house and stuff like that. And granted, I love Toby Huss. I'm not trying to knock his performance in this movie at all. But I, again, I think it's more the material that he's given, and like, yeah, he rises above it. But um, yeah, well, it's, plus, it's also it d- just different sucks. degrees of character.
5: Toby Huss isn't on a Toby Huss, like Ray is this on a level that Karen should be on. You know, like Karen is like a principal character, whereas Ray is like more of just like a supporting, supporting role, to well, the whereas character. like Karen, Karen should have been like, he's a Bob, you know, him. in yeah. a way. She's
1: credit a second, but she feels like she's like eighth. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very, I mean, str- once again, that's another example of the whole Judy Greer doesn't get anything to do when she's in something, you know,
2: um,
5: but I do, well, agree I, I want to say that my, that my bias for Toby Huss has a lot to do with it. Oh because, no, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, I I'm love, Toby, love Huss, Toby Huss. That's the yeah.
2: Well, let me ask you
1: something. Do, do Allison and Karen see him on the lawn? dead she's looking at
2: the video footage i think who is mm-hmm.
0: uh karen karen is yeah so karen, i don't know if allison does yeah karen karen.
2: So karen sees him dead well no she doesn't see him dead jamie sees she looks out the window and sees the body on the lawn yeah and then she laurie the, yeah laurie Stro- sorry laurie sees it and then she's the one that tells karen to go downstairs and everything because michael's trying to break my, my in, point I is think. do
1: they know he's dead
2: i don't think that karen knows at that moment
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair then. Yeah. I
2: think she knows Michael's breaking in and then they go to she runs downstairs but I don't she never Laurie never tells Karen that he's Or dead. Allison for that matter. And I don't think right? that they see him on the lawn. Allison no. when she comes to the house, how does she come to the house again? She, she remember runs. she runs to the mannequins. No, just no, after that, crazy? I mean, how she get Oh,
0: because Michael has broken in, so the is already open. So okay, she so like she
2: must have seen the body on the lawn. Unle- no, because no, the, body the body's
0: is already moved,
5: moved right? Upstairs, right? At that point. No, no yeah, Karen's downstairs. Lori is uh, incapacitated at that point because she's been thrown off the, the so, roof, okay. just like in the first movie. And then, well, then she so... runs on in, and, and then that's when you're like, oh, and, and then Karen sees okay, her upstairs. So Karen yeah. never
2: sees, never knows that he's dead. And nor is Allison. Because he was already taken inside by Michael and put into the closet. And then lori sees him, him dead, dead. But but my point is that
5: that's
1: dead. kind of lame that they never maybe i mean maybe there's a point where they did say oh by the way your husband and dad are dead i wish they had a really, was saying it's but never really there's never a moment of them realizing that yeah this that's character a is dead. post-credits anyway. uh, ray's funeral all right ray's funeral sounds like a like a force awakens spoiler or something yeah all right next character is some of my favorite characters in the halloween universe dylan arnold is cameron <laughs> elam and miles robbins is dave uh, actually, let's talk about Dylan Arnold, Cameron Elm. He's like the the prototypical douchebag yeah. boyfriend who's actually you think, like, oh maybe comments. this guy's got heart of gold, but uh, turns out he's kissing tigers at Halloween parties.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's just like uh, what's his name in, in Part Four. Yeah, but there's like something like more
1: likable and real about the Sasha Jensen character from Halloween Four. Yeah, well, Brady. I, I agree. But As opposed is to this guy's like a sociopath. He's
2: essentially you know? that character where you think that he's the good boyfriend that like is is worthy yeah. of the character, and then you find out he's kind of like. Two timing her on the side, or not even he just kisses this girl, which is shitty. Yeah, I I, I didn't mind the character. Uh, I just felt they it just disappears.
0: And then he's gone. I like, if I not- will say it was kind of nice to not see him get killed, just because that would have been the expected move. You know, I don't know. It was it was kind of surprising that the friend got it and not and not him. But I mean, right. that's we'll probably same the sequel. Yeah. It'll It'll be be like, like, he'll be the sequel. Yeah, he could be like the Ben Tramer. He'll be, who he'll be the like,
1: redemptive like, uh, character probably. All right, well let's let's move on to. We might as well talk about his good buddy Drew Scheid, as Oscar.
0: Well, can I say can I say something really quick about, yeah. about both these guys? And yeah. Not that either of them are amazing characters, but if we're looking at this thematically, and we haven't really talked about this much yet. Um, I mean, well, we have we have in the past talked about how, you know, they're they're spinning this as like a Me Too horror movie, which obviously the movie does have to do with female empowerment. I, but to call it a Me Too horror movie feels like such a marketing ploy, just because it was it was written so far Ta- at the time. The timing,
1: of course, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: But I. But this say, character does I, feel
1: like something like that. The, yeah, the neck and, beardy entitled
0: exactly. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. it, I do think there is something pr- pretty rich thematically about. Um. uh, Sorry, Allison. I, there's something rich thematically about Allison having to put up with not one but two mm-hmm. asshole guys. And who are assholes in different ways.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And,
0: th- and and then have to square off against Michael Myers. Like I'm not saying the characters are amazing, but I did actually like that thematically. And I, th- I thought that was one of the movies. Because yeah, the route they the, could have used
1: know. was just make him. Oh, God, I'm trying to liken him to some other character we've seen recently. Oh, what Halloween movie am I thinking about? Anyway. They could have just done and be, have him be like the good friend. And like, and maybe at the end she like gives him a little kiss on the cheek. And like, oh, he's like, Oh, the, it's, like it's like awful, the, you know. It's the the de- boy Decker of
2: Halloween it's the, Resurrection. It's the pirate too. from okay. part five.
1: Oh, yeah, the pirate from part five. Yes, of course. <laughs> but, um, but I will say, though, we talked about it earlier, I, I actually really did like um the the motion sensor scene. I did too. I, I think that that, yeah, that really worked well. Him just over there in the bushes and then gone from the bushes. that that That's the Michael Myers I love. The one that kind of just. Somehow disappears and will reappear somewhere else. There's something there about are, that Michael. character, you know. There you There's something are, about the Michael. boogeyman aspect of Michael that is missing throughout most of this movie. But I felt that scene captured it best, which is
2: crazy because they talk so much about the boogeyman. But they keep, yeah, keep the bringing the up the and boogeyman. It's so just some
1: old guy says, in a David Gilmore putting around him middle <laughs> Hey, I
5: thought uh, you know, I like bikes and I like motorcycles, which is why I think. Uh, Dave... Miles so Robbins is Dave. boyfriend. And Miles like Robbins, uh, best known like for as Scully's son. That's right. He's yeah, Scully's son from the yeah. new X-Files. Let me ask like you a question. Have
1: you ever seen... I haven't seen a lack of sexual chemistry that oh, I've seen between Dave and Vicky. Like, I didn't realize they were boyfriend and girlfriend until they started making out. No. There was maybe, no chemistry there.
2: Also, maybe I'm totally out of touch with the world, but do you guys know anyone... At all, even kids now that that fire a firecracker no. around Halloween, like as much as the firecrackers are going off in this movie, <laughs> I, they
1: were probably playing Fortnite or something like that in the background. And then hey, they're it's like, the the
0: South, me, baby. Yeah, oh, that's boy. right, baby. Well, well, I, I, mean, West, I was not South a big fan. Well,
1: as we know, Dave gets a tattoo. To commemorate the big night that he's going to maybe have sex with that Yeah, tattoo? that was
5: th- that was the nice like wedding ring addition to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like oh don't <laughs> yeah, you feel yeah. bad? They were in love. Oh, like wait, what, what,
0: what was that break. tattoo?
1: Ten of thirty one eighteen baby. Oh yeah. Um, his I, I, his know, death he, is off screen.
0: I I, like, I do like the off-screen nature of his death. Yeah. I actually thought that was pretty cool.
1: And he gets what? Just kind of stabbed up against the wall, right? The, the the yeah, I think it's a bob. It's a, it's a reverse bob.
0: Again,
2: it's a bob. once again, so original. Oh, you know, we're in really the buzzing bob section. I'm really glad they went back to the basics and just ripped off the first movie.
1: Fantastic stuff. Let's talk about a character who I actually kind of liked until he ruined what should have been one of the scary scenes of the movie, Jabril and then as Julian. <laughs> yeah. I thought that the it seemed almost improvisational. The, the yeah. dialogue between him yeah. and Vicky. Sure. And I very, really like that. Very eastbound. And very down. eastbound. But it, I felt it worked there because, uh-huh. again, these two characters are not aware of the horrors that have been happening throughout the movie. No. So it's natural for them to act like this. It's kind of like we were watching Halloween when Annie and Laurie yeah. and, and – um, Tommy. Uh, yeah, and Tommy or whoever, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. Linda. They're just goofing <laughs> around. They have no idea what's going on. You right, know. Right. So I, I understood the humor in that sequence, yeah. and it was fine. It was warranted. But it's when the kid says the holy shit thing and the whole audience starts laughing – it's you know, just, I did. I, I, I have a problem the with holy it. shit
0: thing because to me that was like what you might say in that situation. Like it was like he's making a joke, you know. I think, but was the way like, oh, shit, the way that it on? was framed, and yes. the way the
1: audience reacted, either regardless of what the intention was, I think that it, it, they, it came it really off like stood off. Anime. It really stood off to me because even when you're in Halloween, when Linda is being strangled to death and Laurie's on the other end of the line and she's like, "Oh, is that your famous you know moaning or whatever?" Laurie does not know what's happening. So it's still disturbing yeah, to us to see point. what's actually happening. You know, that's what um, bothers me about that scene because I thought the kid was naturally pretty funny, and he was funny to the point where I didn't think he was annoying at all. I thought it, it was a funny,
2: oh, super
0: light. No, he was great, I love kid. That, yeah. you know? mm-hmm.
1: but again, once that holy shit, and I was like, oh no! It just just totally deflates the scene. Um, there is something we need to talk about that I was quite shocked by. And that is the scene of the the father and son that discover the bus. I love that sequence. because I thought that's excellent. You know, we talked about the brutality of this movie and how sometimes it was just, it was over the top brutality, was like in the vein of a Rob Zombie movie. But I'll tell you, when Vince Mattis plays the character, it's just son. There's not even a name. When Michael kills the kid, I, know. I yeah. did not see that coming. And I thought that, he was just going to steal the car and drive off.
5: And that's going to play into
1: my uh, pitch later on that I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that was actually yeah. shocked by that sequence. Well, so. I,
2: yeah, I thought that that sequence really worked. It was also fairly early on in the movie before a lot of deaths were happening, I think. Definitely. It was well, the first death. It was one of the first deaths. Um, yeah. The first on Well, did. no. First, first of all, we see. Podcasts. People. No, this is before when breaks out. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so that being the first death, I was actually really excited, um, not because he killed his kid, but the fact that he, he just strangled him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't and like this, it, it, that. It wasn't, that was an homage
0: to the Annie death, right? It looked like it, like the, through he the window. He popped up through the backseat, of yeah. course. Yeah.
2: Right. So, again, even though I like that, again, we're just hinging on the. It's like, how much credit can you give to David Gordon Green and this team of writers? when all these things are just hinging on nods to the original. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, That's what bothers me, I think, when you really start digging deep. If you're like, oh, well, that's like this. "Well, but that's like this. Well, that's like this. Well, then you're just playing on the heartstrings of fans and passing off these beats as your own. And so people that aren't familiar with the first Halloween might love this movie. And maybe that's why it's getting so much praise from all these people and all these horror fans. But if they haven't seen the original Halloween movie or they're just casual horror fans or it's just the general public, yeah of they are gonna think these things are cool because we did we did too, but we've seen them before, and mm-hmm. we know that they're they're nods to a movie that's already happened, yeah. so that's what kind of bugged me about that, but the fact that he was strangled and the fact that he was a kid and he kills him, and I mean not just a teenager he was like a, he's a kid. child yeah he's a ch- a child, and he gets killed that way, I thought was very intense, and I thought the kid did a good job and um did we see do we ever see what happens to the father? He, just uh, he, he just finds
0: the body and he, he sees it's like his neck has been snapped, oh, like that's it's like snapped right. back that's yeah right. that, that was, was really good too. Disturbing. I like that. I, that whole sequence is great with the that, fog. It, that to me felt the most David Gordon Green. Uh, yeah. Like uh, if, if we're talking about oh how would how would David Gordon Green doing horror look like? It, it's that scene to me, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it, yeah. I thought so it was I,
1: really well lit too. Yeah, the fog, the fog, and the and the and just the headlights on the car. Yeah. There's a real sense of atmosphere there that you kind of lose the rest of the movie.
2: But again. The wandering mental patients is—that's another it thing. The Halloween, It's it too yeah. steeped in in the original for me to like really love the sequence for anything other than being a nod.
1: Well, the last Bud and Bob I want to talk about once again is—I've got his name, Omar J. Dorsey as Sheriff Barker. I've, are they paying homage to the um, the bounty hunter from Jason Goes to Hell with that too? By the way, you know, I really thought that, <laughs> but like I also it.
2: thought it was kind of like a a nod again to the Man in Black, just because it's the the black cowboy hat. Oh yeah. And I yeah. and not that we I thought that was kind of like just a little nod, but I, I do agree it is very much like that character. And in terms of the outfit and everything, God. what was sure. that character's name again from Halloween? Creighton Duke. Uh, Creighton Duke. Duke. Duke.
1: Yes, it was very Creighton
2: Dukeish. Um, I did I didn't mind that character at all. I actually kind of I liked him. The fact that he disappeared was strange. But again, if they're gonna make more movies, you've got people out there that are still alive. You got the boyfriend. I'll give you my producer's cut. Sheriff
1: for Halloween two later on. Another yeah, Halloween two. Yeah. I should call
2: so it. you've got characters you could bring back. Um, but again, if you if it's years later, I and mean, all these people people are going to be very cognizant of this happening, and this you know it's like the In, town unlocked. It? that's like yeah. the, sound, the town that dreaded sundown. But if you want to see that movie, just go see that movie. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't
1: know. there are. I think we're actually done with the Buzz and Bobs. Is there, did anybody else I forgot here? I think I that's think it. So. Thank you, IMDb, once again. And now, you know, one of them was Allison. One of them was Lori. One of them was Karen. Of course, one of them was Annie.
3: Oh, Paul. Oh, I can no longer stop. Really,
2: Paul. So, what is this section again?
5: This is the most <laughs> surprising death.
0: I know mine. I think we just talked about the it. The kid. Yeah. It's the kid. Yeah. It's the kid. The,
5: the yeah. kid being universal. universal. I, agree. I yeah.
1: really just thought that he was going to be looking around. Michael's going to get in the car and drive off. That's real, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And even when he grabbed the kid, I thought the kid was going to run out, just kind of like Nurse Chambers from the first movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and escape, yeah. or get thrown out of the car. But he just kills the kid. Yeah. And that, that, to me, was like, okay, this, this movie's going to be so unexpected the rest of the way. We're not going to know yeah, what he's going to be exactly. capable of. And it's all just very predictable oh, after absolutely. that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Dan Spoiler hit the point.
2: nail on the head with the hammer there. Uh, I, that was definitely the, the most surprising for me, too. Mike?
1: Yeah. Me, too? Yeah. Me too. All right. All right. Um, well, thanks for that section, but I guess we all agree on that. Now, let's move on to another section called One Good Scare.
0: Louie, the boogeyman is outside
1: Right, so this is the most effective in terms of its scares, I guess. And I think I've already talked about it personally ad nauseum. I, I really did like the, um, the brief motion sensor sequence, I thought. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of music in that scene that I, that I can recall either. I think it just kind of let it play out with the crickets in the background. And
5: You know what's interesting about this sequence to me that I was thinking of is that I, I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, ooh, I haven't seen Michael do this. Yeah. Here's the thing. I used to say that exact same thing when it would come to sequels with like alien or aliens. And I felt like this type of death, this sort of playful death, was more similar or akin to like those type of monster movies, like an alien or Jurassic Park, like, oh, you haven't seen the dinosaur or the alien or that slash xenomorph in this type of setting do mm-hmm. this type of thing before. And for me it was very it just felt it just felt like more spiritually in line with that. Like, oh, maybe that's something interesting that they could do with Myers, or they can make him, they can kind of take him out of his wheelhouse and and put him in sort of natural settings, still, but something that you really haven't seen him in. And I think that's why this was so effective—is not only just from the plotting aspect of having the light go on and off, which is a great fucking medium, but it is just this like wide open yard. Yeah,
1: it's a huge yard,
5: which we haven't really seen him do that yet. Really, there's always obstacles and stuff like that.
1: Which is kind of creepy, and he just walks after him, and yeah. you know, I mean if the kid was more flexible, the kid could have gotten away, and I think this also goes back to the kind of playful nature that but isn't it a direct nod to you know him putting on the the, the sheets and wearing bob's glasses? Mm-hmm. He's absolutely playing with this character, and but that works it doesn't feel like it's some rip off of that sequence, you know as I, opposed to the kid wearing the ghost sheet in the in the room by the i'm later.
5: gonna I'm gonna concur with this one too, because this is legit the only one I really turned over to Mac and said like. Nope this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, I, I honestly am racking my head right now. I just, or my racking my brain trying to figure out other ones, but, uh, Dan. Like
0: yeah. I, I enjoyed that sequence, but I, for me, it, it, it actually was that gas station sequence. And it, I think it's yeah. because that's when we see him in the periphery the most, I enjoyed the actual, like him killing the podcasters, but I was really chilled by the way that his car just pulls up and he gets out and walks. And then we see him just kind of punching the, Gas station guy in the background, briefly, like, yeah, like yeah, really briefly. I kind of want more of that, but for me, that the peripheral Michael Myers has always been the scariest to me, so that's 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 gonna be my pick.
1: I thought when he yeah. busted out the acoustic guitar and started doing Wish You Were Here, that was also <laughs> highly effective. David Gilmore, great, great, one of the best shapes we've had.
2: Uh, so I agree with both of you, I like those scenes a lot, but um, funny enough, the one actual scare that kind of did get me, which is really weird because. You know, unfortunately, Mike and I had one of the most disarming, talkative audiences yeah. of all time. That were the last thirty minutes; it was they were just talking and saying everything they were seeing on screen. All oh, they're walking in there, all oh, they're doing, the, and it was just like embarrassing. By the way, but, if
1: you know anybody that does that, or if you do it yourself, please feel free to put that bolt in your head. Oh, okay. immediately. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't want I don't want you to be paralyzed. Make sure you get the angle right. <laughs> So your head literally explodes because you've got no purpose left on this planet as far as I'm concerned. If you're so that disrespectful doesn't, as an adult.
2: Justin, Justin does not like Dan, um, any, any disrespectful on that? audiences.
0: But... Uh, hey, man, I'm <laughs> on <of> the draft <laughs> house, so it's not a problem. They're
1: too busy giving you your check with five minutes left of the movie. So
0: having said that, <laughs> the
2: mannequin scene, not the mannequin scene where she sees the mannequins, but ah! when she's searching the room for Michael, I, you know Michael's somewhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I didn't, Think they were gonna do what they ended up doing, which is he's just behind one of those mannequins. And so when he actually does push the mannequin and come out, I wasn't expecting that to happen at the moment it happened, and it 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 literally it did get me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I did actually like how that happens, just like the abruptness of it. Like actually did stir me a little bit, and I was actually able to like. Get into the um, suspensefulness of that scene, even though people were talking and breaking uh, oh, the suspense. God, the entire movie because it
5: sucks too. Because like that sequence with like her holding the gun would have been interesting, you know, when she's going room to room. Would have yeah, been yeah. It would have been suspense.
2: It would have been more suspenseful you know? if people weren't laughing and talking through the yeah. whole entire um, ending of the movie. Uh, so that that was actually a scare that that worked for me. But I do I would say the two two scares that you guys. Um, out there were really some
1: and something guy. else honorable mention for me again I still think that the the, the initial stocking of those two houses I, I I like it a lot. I I, 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 still mean, I think that's too. really good.
5: I, I just think it plays off better in the
1: trailer when there was when it was quiet. When there's the music. no music agreed yeah. they the the, the 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 intercutting with other sequences and the addition of the music didn't have to be there. Because even yeah. in yeah. how we think about we keep going back to this but like, when Halloween two when he's before he goes to Mrs. Elrod's and even the, the next door neighbor, there's no music. It's just you hear dogs barking yeah. in the background. You you, you see Night of Living Dead about to well, start, you see, and it's... you see Loomis and, and we, uh, talking to like Bracket, yeah, which
5: is great.
2: I just didn't like how it could have been any other music. It was just it was the Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like watching it, it was like watching Indiana Jones. And all of a sudden, the Raiders themes going while he's like talking to Sala on top of like <laughs> yeah. you, you don't remember need, these two. You know, it's like oh, remember we're watching a Halloween movie. It didn't seem necessary. I think it definitely worked more as a like this contemplative. We're just watching. We're following him. It's real time, yeah. and you're hearing the soundtrack of this of of Halloween in Haddonfield, not the Halloween theme.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's our thoughts on that. So let's move on to our next category, in which we discuss whether or not we think Michael survives. It's actually gonna be a pretty interesting discussion for once. Uh, it's called Get Out Now. Dan, I have a question. Sure. Let's say we didn't know that they're going to make a sequel. <laughs> all right, would you buy that Michael survives the ending of this movie?
0: Yeah, because we've all, we only have one movie before it, which he he's obviously recovered from those wounds after forty years. Um, so let's see, he gets shot in the shoulder once, he gets his fingers blown off, he gets shot again by by Karen, and. That's it, really, because we assu- we know that he didn't oh. burn. So yeah, I-, I buy that he would survive all that.
1: Yeah, the big thing for me is you never see him on fire.
0: Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. So I, I, and we see him disappear from the staircase. I think. Yeah. So I-, I would totally buy that he would survive this.
1: Of just about all these movies, I think this is the most convincing argument that he's definitely still alive. Besides yeah. the first one, you know, yeah, which yeah, is so funny, that. given that
0: like
5: Laurie's so adamant on killing him.
1: It us like you go back to it. Like if if you've got this whole thing set up for forty years, like you said, Mike, would you just want to absolutely make sure to stand oh, but, well, there and make sure this guy dies? So shoot him a thousand my, times.
2: I agree, but here's my argument for that. This is only a sequel to the first movie. Yeah. Where he was picked up down the street and taken to a, the jail and, and then a sanitarium. He wasn't like stalking. He wasn't necessarily impervious to those six shots. He was probably hospitalized mm-hmm. and staggering and, and was taken down by the police. So, so Lori has no real reason to believe that he's impervious to flames or any other kind of weapon. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But at the same yeah.
1: time, if you are that, if that, if this person has ruined your life for forty years, um, just on the idea that he could ever get out and come back to to kill you, I'm sticking around to make sure this guy's dead, so I never have to worry again. Because aren't you still going to worry if that body is not discovered there for the oh, rest of your I life? I
2: totally agree with you guys. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here <laughs> with, with Lori. It's so my time yeah, now. I, I think that he's definitely still alive. Yep. And no you know question why? That. Because you hear his breathing at the end of the credits. <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> you know, if you stay a little longer, you could actually. Um, Ray's hear, funeral? Yeah, you could hear, you know, during Ray's funeral, they do like an extended version or a suite.
1: You can kind of hear a face hugger uh, crawl along uh, the floor, also. You also hear Pennywise um, laughing at the very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, I think we're all in agreement that, believe it or not, he's still alive, and there will be another Halloween movie in the next year or two. Okay. Next segment, this is going to be interesting Well, This is a segment where we kind of talk about the conspiracy theories. But we usually talk about these uh, conspiracy theories surrounding films that have been around for you uh-huh. know, decades. There's a lot of hindsight here. A lot of hindsight. This is uh, some foresight in a segment we like to call The Mark of Thorn.
2: Michael Myers is my business.
3: It's been quiet here for six years, and that's the way it's going to stay. And the last thing I need now is you going around spouting off ghost stories. I
1: suppose it was a go. Mike, I know you wanted to talk about this specifically. So, mm-hmm. what, what do you have here for this section in terms well, of conspiracy I theories? Mean,
5: let's just talk first off. I mean, we, we have the doctor. You know, that's that, that, they're creating their new, uh, the, the, you know, thorn conspiracy theory here, where you have some guy that believes he's this, you know, evil, omniscient thing and he wants to find out what drives Michael or whatever. So, already they've planted the seeds that someone wants to find out what really drives him, which at the end, I guess a lot of reviews and a lot of critics have been talking about how like, this is really just like, you have no patience with evil. You just get rid of it, which I like, but at the same time, like, I don't really need this like, you know, wackadoo doctor to fucking prove that idea. But the fact of the matter that you have someone that's really is trying to get at the, the core concepts of who he is to the point where he's willing to sacrifice his career and inevitably his life and put on the mask and and also kill a cop and just see this guy in action you have the the the, the basically the archetype for the man in black so mm-hmm. do you think going forward in the series we're going to be seeing more of the mythology of that nature come back for no I way. think what they would
1: do if anything no is way. is totally dismiss that outright and then absolutely double down on it cuz that's kind of like what they did with this movie dismiss all the sequels and then double down on everything that happens I, in the sequels
2: I don't think I think I think the one thing that's probably going to be universal is that no one likes that storyline. I, I have a really good feeling that that was just like a one-off character. Yeah. There's no way there's lore there. There's, nowhere, there's no way that he was working for Because then they would have to go the cult route and all that stuff, which is something that they've they've said for no. many years that it's awful and they didn't want to do. So I think I don't think that that's going to come back at all. Um, I, Here, here's my conspiracy theory. Of, yeah, all what's your conspiracy well, theory? Because I don't Sorry, really man. have one now. I was just right. going to talk about Michael.
1: I, I don't know if it's been obvious, but I actually did not like this movie. However, I am still curious to see what they would do with if you give this to some random filmmaker and kind of just break off and have it be its own thing in Haddonfield. Brand new characters, get rid of the whole Strode storyline, and let's really see what's going to happen here with Halloween 2 and just have Michael in Haddonfield. I'm actually I, I'm actually curious for that movie. I really am. I'm curious for that movie. I would love to See what that. they would do.
2: And there's... So there's two things that I don't think that where that will happen is they've like introduced this new young ingenue mm-hmm. that is related to Lori. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they're going to continue with her storyline. I just have a feeling they're going to do that. I mean, because this movie did so well, they're going to be like, okay, well, we did then we need things from this movie to be in the sequel Instead of just doing a total one-off, like, separated story of other characters, which I would love to see as well. But I wonder I about the power of that on that.
1: modern audiences if they really – if some 13-year-old really needs to see Laurie Strode. Well, not, not, you know, Laurie,
2: not Laurie. I'm saying the, the Lo- Allison.
1: Or even Allison. I just, I, I just think that as long as you've got There's, Michael Myers and Hadfield at this point, you could, you could do something – if you want to be really fresh, I mean, they tried to do it with the Talon Resurrection. Just have it be its own thing. Go ahead, do it again. All right, let me tell you my pitch. Yeah.
5: This is what I would have done. Okay. We're going to sit on the producer's chair for a second. Wait, so
1: you're you're retconning the movie we just saw or the future?
5: Well, I guess technically you would have to retcon this movie. Okay, all right, good. So let's just say that uh, this movie didn't exist because this would be my pitch for what this movie would be. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be called Halloween either. Find an actual fucking subtitle so that it differentiates where that. Anyway, you take place after the first one. All right? Exactly like this did. He's still
1: out there. Okay. Is this in the 80s? Or this we... is in...
5: All right. We're... You're getting ahead. You're okay. Ahead sorry, sorry, sorry. 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 All right. Stranger Things is real popular right now. Yes. Right? Okay. Then you take that conceit and you match it with the idea that this is going to be a direct sequel to Halloween 1. It's going to take place in 1983 or 1982. Something of that nature. Can we say and it's basically What?
2: Can We do 83? 83 because your you're born there, yeah. We're gonna go with 83 <laughs> and then in the
5: trivia section on IMDb, I'll say because my you know, Mackenzie yeah, Gerber, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though he's born June he was born. 21st, we're gonna have a set on that we're gonna set on nice. you know, his birthday in October. Oh, yeah. And then you basically have it as like a monster squad meets Halloween where it's a bunch of latchkey kids that have no babysitters but they see these deaths happening and they try to do something about it. And just but there's almost the br- like an it but, thing, too, but almost kind Penny-wise. of like an it thing, too. Yeah. But the brutality. Is matched to that scene that was in the beginning, where kids are going to fucking die in murderous ways in this.
1: That would be fascinating because we really don't see that We've at all. We that. never see no. a group of children, one or let alone a number of them you die. Fall, you you follow
5: all the kids. Yeah, uh, I mean, when was... they go, they, they go. Tr- they, you 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 follow them the whole time, almost like a Stranger Things episode. You don't hear anything about what's going on with Michael yet. You hear things in like the background on like radios and stuff like that. So the audience knows whatever things, but the kids don't really know anything that's going on because it's like oh they, they're like kind of oblivious. You, they're all obsessed with trick or treating. They knock on the door and they open the thing and that's when they see Myers killing a, the 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 babysitter. They run away. He start, starts stalking them and then they have to figure out a way to do it. And then you know blah blah blah. You I mean, you figure out from there. The
2: only but. other time you see kids like that is Jamie and the pirate in part five. Yeah, but that's not done <laughs> very well. I think that that would be a really interesting thing. I think if you did that now, though, it's it's just too oh you too can't do Stranger it now. Things now, you know. what I mean, no, it's too like, like oh a group of kids, you know, da da da. But yeah, I think that would have been a great idea because um, I think it would have the stakes would have been extremely high because you just have like little kids in this movie basically getting mm-hmm. it one by one as as I'm sure a, a myriad of other houses safe and people, yeah, nobody's safe, yeah. 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 Dan, if you're doing it later on in a different town,
1: either another pitch for the movie we just watched or a possible sequel.
0: I mean, the pitch I've always had was you know to go off of those uh, those comics, but not to sound like a broken record. Um, For the sequel, I was kind of bummed out for all the homages and whatever else in this movie. I was bummed out that we didn't hear anything about what happened to Brackett, what happened to Lindsay Wallace, what happened to Tommy Doyle, and we didn't get to see the Myers house. So I don't know how any of those things would figure into the sequel, but like. I feel like we're kind of owed that a little bit, you know. Maybe, especially, maybe we can get it out of Haddonfield, even if we want to follow Allison. Maybe she leaves because she probably would after this. Um, so I'd imagine that we would follow her, but I would also imagine that we'd find out, or at least follow uh, some of those those secondary characters as well. That's, um, but I don't have I don't have like a specific way that could go. That's just kind of the information and the uh, the the characters. I feel like I'm owed as a fan of the series.
1: I think, again, going forward in terms of plot either you, I agree with Mike, set this thing in the 80s. Well, You can't do that now, unfortunately, but Mike, my, my ideal, if they ever did another Friday the 13th movie or if, when they do another Halloween movie, either set in the 80s or set it in the snow mm-hmm. because especially that Michael Myers mask and like a whiteout would just look unbelievable. And I, I can't believe they haven't done it yet. For, for God's sakes, it, it does snow here occasionally on Halloween. We've had some bad ice storms around Halloween mm-hmm. in Chicago in the past 10 years. So it's not like it's unheard. It's not like you're setting it in June and snowing. You could absolutely do it, and I don't know why they haven't thought to do that yet. Because it would look—you want to talk about having a creepy aesthetic? I think for both of snow them. for it, for Friday Thirteenth or for Halloween it could work. Because Friday Thirteenth could take place any month of the year. Anyway, that's my gripe, but I, I do feel like eventually that will happen for one of those franchises when you run out of yeah, how many times you can set something in a fucking summertime? I, I, I just
5: don't know if we are going back to like a legit sequel to this movie. I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either because. Like, If you don't have it be a situation where he's going after family members, what do you do? Because if you if you if you have Allison in the next movie, why is she in it? Why is she? Why would she still be in Haddonfield? And why is no one believe her? Or you know, I mean, like like everyone's gonna believe her, and everyone's gonna know in this day and age with. You know, you can only throw so many phones into custard or whatever the hell. That, the, that custard looks so good. Know, by the way, I was, was dying last night. The pudding or whatever. Like in <laughs> this day and age, like there's no way that that story about of what happened to Michael is not everywhere in the news. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My my so other optimistic why thing: How do you make another movie and have it be scary again?
1: If you do the inverse of what they of what Blumhouse did with the Purge movies, I think that could also be interesting. Where you really just you're following kids around. And Michael does literally just become much more of a background figure. Yeah. That, which would be the inverse. Because obviously in The Purge, it all takes place in that one house. And the sequel is is grander. It's bigger. You see everything that's happening out in the streets mm. and all the chaos. And so if you do the opposite of that with the Halloween 2, I think that could work. I, think, I really do think it could work. If, especially if you've totally, once again, gone on its own fucking trajectory. Like you said, Mac, I feel like the Strode family would be gone yeah. now. They would be gone. They'd be gone. Okay. they move out of town. And if if there's no connection there, there's still this draw to Haddonfield. He's he's Haddonfield's boogeyman.
3: Yeah.
1: Good luck, because they're gonna do it. So, and I'm gonna absolutely see it. We're all gonna see it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're all gonna be talking about it. We're all gonna be talking about it. So, let's. Good luck, Jason Blum and and company.
2: Yeah. I don't have a crazy like idea for a sequel, unfortunately. But I like I like you guys. uh,
1: Well, let's uh, let's go into our overall thoughts.
3: Someone's in here.
1: Mike, I know you've been dying to uh, talk about us. Let's give her overall thoughts briefly. And of course, those jack How many jack lanterns do we give this out of five? Michael. Michael Myers-Rothman. Oh, boy. Well... And we've we've also talked about a lot the last couple hours, so people exactly. probably have a pretty yeah. good idea how you feel, you know. So
5: for 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 me, I just feel like this was an absolute missed opportunity, mm-hmm. a total fumble, uh, worse than uh, Seattle Seahawks versus uh, was it the uh, New well, remember Patriots. Mike?
1: Now remember, we got called out. It wasn't a fumble; it was an interception. It was an interception. I think uh, we yeah. said a turnover. People got really upset listening to this. So. Well,
5: it was a, it, it, it either way, but. <laughs> The, the the term fumble in, in itself, I just that's yeah. that's the only way I can describe this. Uh, I think there was a lot of promise here, and I never in a million years would have thought that it would be this disastrously disappointing to me. Mm. I, I I thought that I would walk out being like, well, it wasn't great, but it was He's okay, cool. and it wasn't even we that. all
1: thought it was going to be at least okay. I think I, we all thought.
5: That. I mean, I was debating like Mac and I were debating on the train ride home if this was worse than Resurrection.
1: Even. Ooh, no. I can't go there. And I,
5: I and I would almost go there yeah. because of because of the elements that they have in there. First off, we've already seen this story. The the main storyline here is H2O. Yeah. We've seen that already. So already that, if you're not doing something around that that's good to kind of give it a little bit more gravitas. Yeah. Like what is the fucking point of this movie other than now it's just a string of homages? And it really does feel like I love the 70s on VH1 or something like that. Like Easter egg the movie. Yeah, like yeah. I just, for me, so I just don't really know what this movie means. And if it means that I got a John Carpenter squad out of it, cool. And if it means that we're going to get a, a restart to the franchise, n- cool, I guess. I'd rather have Nightmare on Elm Street come back. But either way, it was a major disappointment to me. Yeah. I haven't convulsed this much since uh, King of the Crystal Skull in theaters. So one jack o' lantern for
1: Whoa, me. whoa. All right. I like this. Yeah. We got the one, wow. one Jack. So okay, let me ask this. I'll ask each of you this follow question. So Mike, for you, from the ten movies, the ten Halloween movies we've had before, what would you put this ahead of? Any of them? Well, I guess a couple of them.
5: Um, I'd put them. I'd put it ahead of uh, Resurrection, and the um, yeah,
1: and zombies. I'd have to revisit the. Zombies yeah, I'm thing. looking. I'm actually kind of looking forward to, the, especially the first one. Um, so wow, Mike, this is way down there for yeah. you which is pretty shocking uh Dan, let's go to you next, Dan I know um, you' you're a little you weren't as hard on us as we were, but I, I no, know I, I know you're slightly disappointed, so go ahead
0: i think yeah, I, I i what Mike said when he said that his hope was that we would all feel like it was okay, I think that's my that's my rating um, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time I think what makes the movie tougher for me is all the hoopla around it. And maybe that's not fair, right? Yeah. But I think for me that like the ramp up to it and the, the idea that this was somehow better than all these other sequels that's what makes it a real letdown and also the fact that I, I feel i mean everyone's allowed to have their opinion but i feel like everyone is drinking the kool-aid and, and calling it a masterpiece um that's, that's wild okay. that but it's wild to me it's crazy but that that being said there's a, i mean i've i have already talked about the stuff i i liked i'm i'm really with it i like I, I can forget everything until that doctor shit happens and i would be lying if i said some of the fan stuff didn't appeal to me which i know i've been like railing against it for like three hours now but you know, I try and separate when I talk about Halloween movies, I try and view my talk about it as a critic, but also talk about it as a fan. And so I guess the fan in me, you know, it was somewhat satisfied. Whereas the critic with me had had more reservations. So I'm going to stick with the original rating. I gave it when I first saw it, I will get three jack-o'-lanterns. Um, I agree with Mike. I hope that this leads to something more adventurous. I hope whoever takes the reins next feels, doesn't feel as chained to the, the original series, yeah. which is funny because people are acting like, this isn't chained to the original. Oh my god, movie, it's, it's it totally chain, is.
5: Yeah. It's more than any of the sequels. I, people said that just, with Force Awakens also, though. Yeah, and I that's absolutely beholden that, to the series.
0: And, and once again, I hate that. I feel it's not just tipping a tat to some of these these references; it's actually stealing them and and using them to forward the plot. So, that, and once again, we are no, we are in no different place story wise at the end of this than we were at the end of Halloween Two. Other than that, Laurie is kids, but as far as like how Michael gets dispatched. Um, the the body count the body count's higher in this than it is in Halloween two and everything else. I I don't know. I do agree with Mike's assessment of like where are we at the end of this? You know. Um, I think thematically we're in a better place, but narratively not. I, you know, who knows? So yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'll do a very a very soft three uh, Jack Leonards for myself.
1: Mac,
2: um, I I really did not enjoy the movie watching it at all. There.
0: There are oh, I'm sorry, out... sorry Max,
1: sorry Dan. What movies did you think it was better than again? Oh, that's right.
0: Oh uh, yeah. All right. So I think you might uh, answer, le- yeah, Let yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna. The, I'm this might change later. Okay. So you, I'm just gonna go in order. I would say first Halloween is the best. Then oh, the, two... you have to do
1: all that. I'm just saying. What what movies do you think this one is? Oh, better is than? it better than I yeah, think it's it's better than
0: res- better than Resurrection, better okay. than the zombie films, better than Five. I gave Halloween four, three, three yeah. Jackalangs. Also, I think. I'm not ready to say it's better than Halloween Four, though. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. All Does, right. So, is that is that all of them, right? Resurrection yeah. Films on Five. Yeah. yeah. So somewhere in the middle. I, okay. Which I, that that seems accurate. Yeah. All right,
1: Mac. Uh,
2: yeah. So I didn't really like the movie that much. Uh, <laughs> I I think for a while there I was probably giving this one Jack Lantern, but um, you know there are there are things that work in it. Occasionally, I don't think it's as bad. Well, let me just say I'm giving it two jack lanterns. Um, one is because uh, there are, there are some things that work, and we highlighted those, and that's enough to merit one star. And I guess the other is just as a uh, as a fan, it was just you know, and and Michael's done really well. Um, we've talked it to death. I I can't go into uh, any other reasons. We've I've already stated why I don't think it's very good. But I'm giving it. I've two been me talked two to, death t- I've been talk to death tonight. I've you been talked to death tonight. You know what death is. Death. I've given it to jack-o'-lanterns. I think that it is ahead. It's, it's in the middle there because it's ahead of, um, ooh, I think it's right on par with five, except I think I would revisit this movie. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen as much as five, but I think I'd revisit this movie as like five. I I can't, I, I'm always like, Oh, I'll watch this again. But then it ends up being absolute garbage. So i think it's right in line with five and i think it's above resurrection and the zombie films although i agree with you guys i'm actually really excited to watch the zombie films now Mm -hmm. not that i think they're going to be any better than i thought that they were but just um just to kind of wash the palate, as it were (laughs) because this movie did not leave a good taste in my mouth
1: um i'm kind of in, in between dan and everybody else i feel like like i said if they even just maintained what the first half was, which for me was like perfectly fine, you know, that would have been satisfying. But like I said, the last act, if not the last half, just tries to cram too much. We're spending time with too many characters and too many storylines. They should have just broke it down to two or three. Um, I, I, like I said, again, I think that um, Courtney's performance and of course Nick Castle's incredible performance as the shape in this film uh, <laughs> really worked for me. They really worked for me. I think what set this apart. Apart from the other lesser Halloween films, is that granted we've we talked ad nauseum, if not for a full hour on David Gordon Green's and company's script, but there are some really good-looking, well-shot uh, sequences, um, which you know ultimately is what we're here to see a Halloween movie for. However, I, I still couldn't even recommend it. I can't. I mean, I'd be like you know go on YouTube and watch these scenes. I, I think as as a whole, the movie the, the movie fails. And you've heard my gripes and compliments throughout. And I think ultimately it's subpar. It's, it, it, that's the worst thing about this movie is that it's just hopelessly subpar to me. It's, med- it's mediocre, which is the greatest sin you can have against a horror movie. Like a horror movie, if it's really awful, at least there's some watchability in how bad it is, you know? Or it's a masterpiece, and that's wonderful too. But when you're just mediocre, it's just... How lame is that? Like I would never want to revisit it, but of course, I'll have to revisit it eventually. And so I give it, uh, I give it like two and a half... Uh, dimly lit CGI jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> that are not coming back to life. And I think it's better than, as of this recording, the two zombie films, Resurrection and Revenge of Michael Myers. And I have it slightly below, you know. Here's, the, here's another thing. If anything, I actually have even more respect for some of those sequels now. Yeah, you know, which is which yeah. I never thought I would say, but there's something about adhering to a legacy and continuing on a story, and and feeling you're confined to those stories, and and even like the sixth one, where you have to answer all those fucking questions and try to make something out. But there's a real challenge in that. Whereas even if you fail, you tried you tried to continue a story the best way that you the best way that you could with the reins that you were given. And like I said, they could have done. Anything they wanted to do with this, they were not beholden to anything. Yet at the end of the day, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was you, Dan, or maybe it was you, Mac. They were absolutely handcuffed to the past, just as so much as any of the sequels were in a way. Yep. It was incredible how reverential everything seemed to be to those to that original film, if not the movies that they kept dismissing. And so would, yeah, two and a half Jackliners. And
5: since this re- pretty much ends our, our our initial run of the the you know the real. S- films that aren't the, Stros, or the, or yeah, the, original the John Carpenter my, films I would say my biggest takeaway out of all of this because you just mentioned the respect for the sequels and all I, I always knew I loved Halloween 3 which is my second favorite of this entire series but my biggest like revelation of doing this whole entire podcast is how much I absolutely love Halloween 6 now yeah like I, I actually think that out of all the sequels it's Out of all the Halloween sequels, Mm -hmm. for me, even over two, it's out of all the ones that involve Michael Myers. I mean, yeah, it's the most interesting one, it's still, and I think it's the one that that comes the closest to nailing any sort of next level mythology, uh, modernization, etc. etc. It feels like Haddonfield again, yeah, it does. And 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 it's it's original, like, it's so original, it's the most original sequel out of all, that's very true, other than Mm -hmm. Halloween 3.
1: But yeah, yeah I it, it mean, it, at the end of the day, like I said, you know, it's original, but it's still continuing something. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, I don't know, that's, I think that's the big hot take from the series that people listen to it and say, well, what's this, what's the podcast series like? Like these guys actually really like Crystal Michael Myers. Yeah. I think that would be and the biggest Halloween takeaway. 3. And Halloween three, yeah. I think Halloween three, to be fair though, has definitely earned a lot of respect over the last 20, 35 years. I think if you look at, I think if you look at a lot of lists now, people actually have that pretty high up because for yeah. years people dismissed the Halloween. I know it's, movie. it's, it's unfair, but I think it's, um, I do think it's actually a pretty good movie. Oh, my God. I feel like we've been building up to this moment for eight months. And, I know. And we thought we were done, <laughs> but we are not. So, everybody, thank you so much again for listening to Halloweenies a Michael Myers' podcast. If you do like what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review for us on iTunes, or whatever platform you're listening from. Also, for all your pop culture needs, you should really check out the other terrific podcasts on the Consequence Podcast Network where you discover a few. Some of us have appeared on nice, us, including uh, the filmography series. Uh, we've all, except for Dan, Who's too, who's too busy down there in Austin. But uh, yeah. Mike, Mac, and I have all appeared in various <laughs> episodes of Filmography this season, yeah, in which it focuses on John Carpenter. So obviously, if you love Halloween you love John Carpenter, definitely check out that series. It's it's just as exhaustive as uh, as we are here. Um, and of course... We'll be back,
0: fuckers! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just with the for Rob Zombie.
1: Oh, and of course, please, if you haven't already, check out The Loser's Club, the Stephen King podcast, in which the four of us, as well as a few other people who are not on this podcast. Uh, we can go into people's names later on. You check out the podcast. You'll discover them. But we go deep into Stephen King uh, books, TV shows, movie adaptations, and general news every week. So, that, uh, well, Whereas this is a monthly podcast, if that's not enough for you, you get this every week on the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. So as we've announced a couple times, the big news is this. Instead of doing one episode dedicated to both Rob Zombie films, we will be just as exhaustive with each film. So in November, you're going to get Rob Zombie's Halloween. And then there's a little Christmas treat or a Hanukkah (laughs) treat or whatever whatever holiday you celebrate or don't. Maybe just go Starbucks. I don't know. We're going to celebrate – that's the right word, right? Halloween 2. And I'm looking forward to revisiting because I've only seen these movies once.
5: And I'm tossing an idea out here. Mm. because we're, we're in the we're, getting, we're approaching the season of giving. Someone uh suggested that we cover Black Christmas. Now what if for a, for a little Hanukkah treat? I have no problem endless. covering that movie. I think that's and one we do of the
1: greatest horror movies and
5: it's kind of, people say it's like the spiritual prequel to well,
1: Halloween. Here's a little teaser. Um John Carpenter asked Bob Clark if he was going to do a sequel to Black Christmas what would it be? And it would be he would break out of a mental institution. On Halloween and kill babysitters and like that. I'm not kidding. Like something, something like that. Oh, so wow. that movie really, absolutely. If you watch Halloween and watch Black Christmas, you can tell how influential Black Christmas was on Halloween. Uh, and well, hot
5: take: are... Black Christmas is ten times terrifying, ten times more terrifying than Halloween. Uh,
1: psychologically speaking, psychologically speaking, I think Black Christmas is more, I think from a director standpoint, I do think John Carpenter has a better. Oh, agree, feel. agree, 100%. but psychologically, I'm, I'm more psychologically unnerved by Black Christmas. Mm-hmm.
2: And we'll see if that happens because if we do that and we're as exhaustive as we are, does that mean we have to do the remake as well?
5: Oh no, 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 no. No, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> no? That's 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 for the Black Christmas um oh. podcast out there. Yeah. You could you can deal with that. You yeah. can
5: take that. We'll keep the well, original we'll, Bob Clark we'll, uh, classic.
2: We'll keep that in the in the pot and that's brewing uh as a possible uh Christmas treat.
1: And again, next year we're we're still of two minds. There's a couple of different things we could do for different reasons. Um, do we want to even start talking about yeah, that now? Why not? Well, here's the thing: we were really planning on doing uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series because there really are not a lot of podcasts out there for that. And as much as I would love to do Friday Thirteenth, right now, I-, I think that Matt Gorley and Paul Russ are doing a really fun job of that series. Yeah, it just as exhaustive, believe it or not, they're almost as long as our episodes. Yeah, and so you know th- they've got that corner. Um, but yeah, Nightmare would be fascinating to talk about because I actually do think, in terms of Uh, the artistic integrity. I think that there's something to be said for just about all of those movies. All of them. And, but the other thing is, you know, we were at this big horror marathon and Don Mancini was there talking about Child's Play and the new Child's Play TV series. So, you know, if we're somehow able to get him involved in these episodes, whether it's just talking about each movie briefly and tagging it on, and then having some type of a behind-the-scenes access to the new Child's Play series, I do think a Child's Play podcast would be pretty interesting we would go over every movie leading up to the series and having like i said some behind the scenes or some involvement on that regard you know i think when we're all spitballing in front of a a recorded yet audience here but if we're able to get all that if you could really make something with that obviously child's play would make sense but if we are not able to get any behind the scenes thing or anything with Don mancini then you know the nightmare series would probably be the way to go but you know let us know obviously let us know what you'd be more interested in just to kind of look back on the Nightmare series or something that's ramping up to the new Child's Play series. Because there's also going to be some shit remake coming out, too. We probably have to talk about it. I know. About. There's a lot in Child's Play. There's a lot play. of Child's Play going on. So let us know. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Twitter. Tag us on Instagram. Um, send us messages on Facebook. We we read and try to respond to all of those as much as we can. And I'll also say this. This has been the longest outro we've ever had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on that note, Dan, I know it was a pleasure for you to be with us once again. You know, you hey, to yeah, it. you know, I just
0: want to thanks for having me on. It's it's a great podcast. I always love talking to you guys. Dan, I love talking about horror words, movies. It's you wonderful. know,
1: words are not necessary. Whenever we can talk to you, it's always a pleasure. Uh,
3: this I has really been this has been a
1: fun year going over these movies, and the buildup was a lot of fun. Like you said, Mike, I think sometimes the buildup is always better than the the delivery with just about anything, mm-hmm. especially when you've hyped it up for so long. But Look, at the end of the day, I still am fascinated by this series, good and bad. I'm happy we're here to talk about it and, you know, it's not over yet. So, on that note... Lock your doors. Bolt your windows. And turn off the lights. Stay tuned,
5: kiddies, because we're going to zombie lab.
4: Yeah! The boogeyman? All this hiding, all this preparation, it was for nothing it took priority over your family. It cost you your family. If the way I raised your mother means that she hates me, but that she's prepared for the horrors of this world, then I can live with that. Say goodbye to Michael and get over it.